I'm Eamon. I'm Merlin. And we're a gay. And his NB. Episode number 68. Thank you all so much for listening to another episode of A Gay and It's NB. This episode where we are talking all things Real Housewives and we got so much on our minds that we have to say. But before we do any of that, we have a few housekeeping notes to get out of the way first. Uh, first off, wherever you're listening to us, whether that be on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, we really, really would find it really helpful if you can leave a rating or a review uh, on those platforms because not just the fact that it gives us feedback that we love and, and, and are so in need of, but also the fact that um, it gets us in the algorithm and helps us get seen by more and more people. So you're really doing us a service if you can leave that rating in a review. Uh, you can also follow us on social media, all at a gay and it's NB. That's on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, and threads, where we're posting new content every day, including clips from the podcast, as well as some of our instant thoughts and live tweets of stuff that we are watching. Um, so that's a great place to get... Uh, uh, instant access to us uh, across social media at a gay and is NB. Uh, you can also grab merchandise from us over at a gay and is Uh The holidays are very quickly approaching uh, and you can get a variety of different designs on different items, including t-shirts and mugs and stickers and just about everything in between. Uh, like I mentioned, that's a gay and is nb.threadless.com. And last but not least, if you have any questions for us that you would like us to answer on a future episode of the podcast, you can submit that to us across social media or at a gay and his NB at gmail.com. And we may answer it on a future episode of the podcast. Babe, what do we have in store this episode? Well, we're going to be talking uh, about uh, Salt Lake City. The ladies are headed over to Bermuda. Mm-hmm. Uh, first international trip for them, I think, or maybe the first since season one. Definitely I- first. No, I think it is first. Um, yeah. So, I mean... Yeah, it, we're we're glad to see them outside of the Continental Forty Eight. Um, <laughs> um, we're also going to be talking about the second half of that dinner party from hell on uh, Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. Oh boy! Oh lord! Um, definitely uh, uh, messy as fuck. And that's not and then not just Denise. <laughs> <laughs> not just Denise. Um, we're also going to be talking about Real Housewives of Miami. The ladies are heading up to Palm Beach. Um, and going on a trip up there, that's, that's fun. Uh, <laughs> sure. I, it was a kind of a low week for, uh, not low as in bad, but just like less exciting than previous weeks have been on Miami. Yeah. It was just a low key week. And you know what? Sometimes you need that. Um, because it's better than a bad week. It's better than a bad week. Speaking of bad weeks, uh, <laughs> in a long run of bad weeks, we have real housewives, of Potomac. Okay. Yeah, it's not getting better. Um, yeah. uh, we actually had, a, I will say, go listen to our uh, last podcast, the one uh, that was released the day before on Friday that we had with Cell Brooks. We talked a little bit about Potomac in there as well, sort of about like the dynamics of things. Honestly, and, that Married to Medicine segment was basically a supplemental episode to this one because we well, talked all things Bravo. Because also it's just like so, like we said it last week with like the contrast with Potomac. It's like... Oh, it's just not hitting in the same way. Well, and the fact that they aired on the same nights and Married to Medicine is just so damn good. Yeah. And then Potomac is just this letdown. I'm glad that Married to Medicine is after right. because then at least we have a pick me up. <laughs> <laughs> at least we don't leave on the depressing note that is Potomac. Yeah, that's fair. Uh, we start the episode uh, where Ashley is going shopping with Mia and Giselle because Ashley has planned a trip to Austin. 
to take them on uh, where because she's loved the city and she does like she's done like a drag show hosting at there before. So she wanted to show them around it as someone I will say I, I as someone who loves Austin. Don't get me wrong. I, I you know, a lot of my life was spent in Austin in many ways. Like, you know, I I. I, I love the city so much. It does feel a little low rent for the Potomac trip. Like Potomac trips yeah. are not that great lately. And like, yeah. I, uh, I don't know. You think we'll get oil can Harry's? I believe, well, they have filmed at oil can Harry's. Okay. The, the, I remember when that, like the, the filming was happening in real time, there were scenes of them sort of at one of the drag shows. Oh, there. nice. So we will be seeing that definitely. Um, and love oil, love me some oil can Harry's. Um, but yeah, so they're talking about everything that happened last week. With the whole NECA stuff, confronting Wendy at the pickleball, uh, Giselle is like, you know, I don't think NECA's lying because, you know, the accusation is so big. You know, I can't really even imagine that she's lying. Like, they have, and like, and Giselle, even at this point, like, it's just like, I, I think she says, I a thousand percent believe NECA. And it's like, you've known her for five minutes. I'm not, like, people have been looking into it. Like, maybe, like, I don't, hmm. I don't know whether it's true or not. I I understand there are certain parts where NECA in the argument sense looks good in this thing with Wendy, but like, I just don't understand the, the, the side I am giving is not even to NECA at this point. It's the absolute surety that these, the, these group of ladies know that NECA is telling the truth and Wendy is this like awful person. Yeah. That's because that's what they want to believe and they'll take any confirmation bias they can get. Right. Ashley says in her confessional, the reason I didn't dismiss NECA's allegation, irrespective of the fact that NECA or that Wendy is my friend is the way NECA delivered the information. It was with such conviction. That's not evidence. It's that's not evidence. There, and there's no, no surprise why she fell for Michael Darby. She's so dumb. We talked about it on the, with Cell as well. She is so dumb. Like I just, I, I can't. Like, and also, like, I, I, I'm sorry I ever believed at any point this season that you were going to actually change and be friends with Wendy and have her back. Yeah. I, I will say, um, sadly, the trend of the new housewife being good ended with Monica. Yeah. Because uh, NECA is not doing it and neither is Anne Marie and we'll talk about it on Beverly Hills. So I, I just no. I, I slightly prefer NECA to Anna Marie at this point. At I, least NECA is and I don't doing th- something. Yeah. And I don't think here's the thing. I don't think NECA's fully lost. I think she could turn it around. I think she could turn it around. I think she started on the wrong foot with this Wendy stuff. Uh huh. Like there's some stuff in some of her personal storylines that I think could be interesting, but we'll see. Um, Ashley says to Giselle, I mean, I was shocked because NECA knew that prior to coming to my house. So she, we, we've established now that before the housewarming, all this stuff with the shrine allegedly and the phone calls and all that stuff already happened. Giselle then responds and goes, when he didn't say like, Hey girl, I knew you already. Okay. Neither did NECA. Right, which indicates that they didn't know each other. That's what I don't understand. But but that's why I don't understand. It's like the the they act as though like Wendy was being deceitful, but Neca was acting the exact same way. Right, what, like, am I crazy? Like, well, I feel like so, and we'll talk about it later. But you know how Anne Marie came in on Beverly Hills and immediately went to Kyle's aid and immediately got yeah. in, into like literally her first scene, like. I feel like NECA didn't want to do that. And so her first scene is 
being good at this garden party. Right. And then now she's going to start messing. And someone pulled her the, to her side. And right. We'll, and we'll also get – Wendy touches on it, but also the fact that, like, you the first thing you did to bring this up was in a conversation with Robin – like that, the idea that that was the choice that you made. Right. You don't know Robin. I thought her friend was Ashley, and that's how she came. Why, in. like, uh, someone who I barely know? Why would the idea? I would be make much more sense to bring it up to Ashley than I would with someone who I just fucking met. And also, Wendy was on Twitter after this episode with like receipts and like text messages and stuff like that. One of the things is that after the party, uh, after the housewarming party, she gave Neca her number. And, like, so she could have corresponded with Wendy at any point to address this. Yeah. And that, it just doesn't feel right that that, that was the instinct was to go to Robin and then drop the bomb like that at the pickle, uh, pickle, pickle party. Pickleball. <laughs> I mean, it was a pickle party. There were pickles. It was pickle themed. It was something. Yeah. Um, we see Wendy and Eddie going out to lunch as this is happening. So we go kind of go in between these thing, these scenes. Wendy basically says, I think NECA's sole motive is to attack me in this group. The only time NECA pipes up is when it involves Wendy Osefo. And I'm like, yeah. Yeah. And again, like, there could be, I could there have been, we'll get to it later. Could there be some validity in the Wendy didn't want NECA on this show stuff? Maybe. I, I can maybe buy that. I'm not going to completely stand Wendy and just like, you know, think that that's out of the realm of possibilities. It could be. But I think NECA, I, said, I think I said it last week, I think NECA is proving her point the more that she operates within this group. Yeah. So it's like the way, the way you prove that is to be better. I, I, and I think someone made a good point. I forgot who. But was talking about that, how at the party, remember when NECA, where when Ashley was like introducing NECA and when he was like, oh, you so like you're Nigerian as well. Actually, like this is how you actually pronounce her name. Like sort of, there was a sort of like bonding element of yeah, there like. there was a camaraderie there. Yeah. And I don't think Wendy outwardly is like, I can't have another Nigerian on this cast. Right. Because why would then her first action be to. Hey, let's, you know, make sure that we're pronouncing her name correctly and make sure that we're, you know, being very respectful of her culture right. and like all the, why would Wendy do that if Wendy had it out for her? Yeah. For the specific purposes of her being of the same cultural background. Right. It doesn't make sense. It just it doesn't. Giselle, we cut back and Giselle goes, I was like, Jamal, they're talking about demonic spirits. He said, that shit is real. Do not play with it. I'm like, you should not be taking advice on that from Jamal fucking Bryant. I, I don't a, trust the shit that comes out of that man's mouth. The way the men, how many, all the seeds that he spread outside of his congregation. That's demonic. Yeah, please. Um, <laughs> how many baby mama he got? Oh God. It's too many to count. Please. Um, Eddie's, uh, talking about like look like i just met ike you know and we found out that we went to college park but like at different times so they weren't even like like of the same grade level i think they were literally from what i could tell one was a senior when the other was a freshman yeah so they may have tangentially crossed paths but there's no way that they were running in the same circles. But as so when Wendy gets asked by a producer in the confessional, like, were they ever Facebook friends? 
And they play this up because Wendy's like pausing and like sort of like, which I mean, yeah, it doesn't look the best, but I agree with Wendy's point at the end of it, which is that it's a college campus. I don't know everyone I went to college with. Also, I don't know everyone you're friends with on Facebook. Right. I don't keep tabs on your Facebook friend exactly. list. Exactly. I don't like, keep tabs on my Facebook friend list. That, But that's the thing. They're like, why aren't you answering the question of whether you were Facebook friends? Because it's very... Cause I also think when he's smart in the sense of I can't definitively say they were not Facebook friends and then they pull up something that said, boom, like, so like, it's, it's just, in, I don't it's infuriating. Like, yeah. Giselle goes, I hate when people are like, I don't know what my mama doing. No, you know exactly what your mama doing. And Eddie, you know exactly what Wendy's doing. They're all working together for evil. I don't know what my mama doing. <laughs> Some fuck shit. Yeah, but of course Giselle is just like playing. Like, oh, they're evil. They're all, you know, like she's playing it up so much. And it's mm-hmm. so like obvious what's happening. Um, We go then to NECA and Ike. They're going to uh, NECA's OBGYN for an appointment to check on the fertility and sort of like that process. Um, NECA talks a lot about how it's sort of within her culture that like once you get married, you need a baby. Like it's like rapid succession and they haven't gotten pregnant yet so that's and i sympathize with that like i think there is an interesting point to that sort of like struggle of like cultural dynamic i think that would be the great way to lead in in terms of like yeah this season um what did you uh but also the way they when the way nick and ike like kind of like i was gonna say talk to each other but more it's more nick talking to ike it's very like sort of Pointed, especially, like, when she's also criticizing Wendy for, like, wearing the pants. And she's just very, like, stern with him all the time. Ike's like, oh, you know, they're just checking on you. What about me? Like, joking. And NECA goes, like, you didn't even want to be here. Like, now you're here. You want to wear a gown? Like, it's like, Jesus. I just, I don't understand. Like, uh, I can't fathom getting on a platform like this. And immediately running out of the gates to gun for somebody else. Right. Who? And by the way, gunning for someone who should have been your closest ally because of your shared cultural background. Yeah. Like, I just, I can't fathom that. NECA then says in her confessional that she felt horrible about how things came out at Pickleball. She says, I wish I could have just sat down with her privately. You could have. You literally could have. You had multiple days in which to do that. You had her phone number. But people don't understand that these shrines in Nigeria are very real. The only reason someone submits your name is for death and destruction. She then says, I'm such an honest, transparent person that the information just flowed out naturally because I didn't understand why she was continuing to be fake. You were also being fake. And also, if you're saying she was being fake at Pickleball, she was also then being fake at, again... Ashley's Shorehouse, or not Shorehouse, or fake Shorehouse. <laughs> <laughs> then why didn't it flow out then naturally? Right. Like, uh, whatever. Um, they meet with Dr. Moore, who's also Nigerian. Uh, I thought his, I get that it's like, he was like, oh, you know, bonding with them about like, I thought some of the like discussions were just like really weird in sort of how his like bedside manner. It was it was like opposite Doctor Jackie. <laughs> like when Doctor right. Jackie is like, I want her to be my doctor. Like he like he talked about like I mean yeah. So you're Nigerian, so you're definitely like really fertile. I'm like, I don't think that's. I get that like maybe that's like trends, but it's like that's not like a medical opinion, right? Well, and to me this this 
this was reminding me so much of Auntie Kay on Salt Lake City, where she can't stop saying Greek. Oh, like, yeah. I, I it's swear, not as egregious in my not, opinion, but I mean, we'll get to you, it when you look at how long she's been on the show. Right, three episodes. Yeah, and everything that she has said has had something to do with with being Nigerian. Right, whether it is coming for Wendy for you know their cultural stuff whether it is you know pronouncing her name properly or no it's fine they're you know they're american they can say it however you know like that sort of thing yeah. or making sure that you go to see a nigerian obgyn like come on i think like, I, I i i see what you're saying i think I think if it wasn't the targeting of Wendy, if that wasn't the thing, I think it wouldn't be as bad. Right. It wouldn't be as bad. If she just came in and used this storyline that is already there, right? The real, very real storyline of there's this pressure in my culture once you're married to get pregnant and, you know, have a family. I, I get that. That's, that's a wonderful storyline to start with. Yeah. Let's do that. And the fact that you want someone who is sensitive to those cultural ties with having a nigerian uh obgyn that makes total sense yeah but to stack that on top of all of this other stuff with wendy i just it seems a little forced yeah i can see that um ike uh so they tell he tells ike basically that he's pretty good in terms of like the um the virality or whatever uh-huh. of his sperm um, but the and he's like, yeah, you're, you know, you're Nigerians, you're fertile. So, but Neck is like, but I don't have a baby yet. So, and I can understand that that being internalized as a woman, right? It's like if that your body is failing in terms of actually like right. doing this, I can understand that frustration. Don't get me wrong. Um, and I can't as much as I don't like the way she talked to Ike. I understand when Ike, the doctor leaves, and Ike is so excited that his sperm are great that he's like moonwalking, and he's like, "Baby, you have to trust me. There's a reason I make the big bucks." Like joking, and she's just like, "If you don't think you need to be here, then keep quiet." And then he's like, "I just say," and she goes, "Stop talking," like pissed. Well, I get why she's pissed, but it's like. I mean, I get it, though. Like, he's sitting there celebrating, and it's like, okay, well, if there's nothing wrong with you, the implication is there's something wrong with me. Yeah. I think she's short-tempered, as we've seen on her time yeah. on the show, but I also think Ike's kind of annoying. Yeah, I agree. Um, We then go, okay, so then we go to Gordon and Mia going to therapy. Oh, Lord. This scene was fascinating. <laughs> I, I predict that the therapy between them will be just as useless as the therapy between um, fucking Ralph and uh, Drew well, clear- on Atlanta. Well, clearly it didn't work. <laughs> yeah, clearly. <laughs> um, but I also love when she starts with the therapist. Her way of just, like, making the, like, making the sound nice. So she goes, so, yeah, we have recently go- been going through a financial change with our business, you know, having to downsize you got your business stole up from under you. Like, like why? Like she did that last week too, of just like making it seem like nicer. It's like, it's like what are you doing? Writing a resume? Yeah. Like, stop it. Um, she talks about how she kind of wants Gordon to retire and that he's like losing his like work life balance and stuff like that. What work life balance? What work is he doing? Well, that's the thing. That's what my, was my thing. I was like, you guys are like, you you guys are like got all of your savings like are being burned through and your whole financial situation is a tailspin you want him to stop working but like you were like maybe he has a retirement fund but like yeah and 
he, you know, she may want him to dip into the retirement fund before they have to dip into the retirement fund for living. Sure. That's yeah, it's a different sort of yeah. I can see that. Um, Mia does say that at, at, it reached a certain point where she did retain a divorce attorney. Uh, but and she basically was like, so Gordon was so focused on work, and we started to argue. I grew up in an abusive environment and told myself my children won't grow up hearing mommy and daddy arguing. Which right. like it's so like it's so fascinating with Mia how like. I find her honest and not honest in certain regards. Like she has a, b- a bad tendency of lying in many regards on like. Really? Well, well, I mean, we saw it a lot last season. Mia, not truthful. But also I feel, I kind of felt like this was truthful, like in a way. Well, it's hard to tell because we've never heard a truth before from her. So it's hard. We don't know what to compare it to. Yeah. And I don't know if I trust Gordon fully. Yeah. Is the other thing. Oh, the other thing is once you officially retire, you start drawing Social Security, which is based on, like, your most earning year, I think. Right, 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 right. So, I mean, it, it you know, they, they start drawing Social Security. Then they're getting checks from the government on top of whatever retirement fund he has, on top of whatever savings that they have. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um. And then she tells this story that she of like another reason why she's stressed out is because basically, so they had, they sold some, they sold some business or some, like they had made some sale to where they had to retain an attorney to sort of manage it. And then he was basically keeping the money in escrow. And at a certain point he cut off communication with them and it was becoming like a tenuous situation. Gordon essentially reported that and went through like a legal process. He got disbarred and then he ended up killing himself. Which it's like that's awful and that's horrific and I've heard this story before. Well, the fact the fact that it's so similar to Robbins, like, like uncanny how similar it is to Robbins. Yeah, but I th- and and I'm, I don't I haven't looked at the details of it because I feel like it would be a big story. Like if this was like a you would think yeah. So, but she's basically feeling guilty of that, and she's linking. I thought it was. I was a bit confused watching this the first time. It took me like a second watch to sort of like understand what Mia's like bringing this up was about. But she's worried that because of the whole stuff with her family, with with the family business, like stuff with her, because it's Gordon's family that like screwed them over, right? From that, from their business. With the joint. Maybe. Can't remember. But she's worried it can happen. That would happen again. If Gordon goes a legal route. By trying. Because Gordon's basically like. I'm starting a lawsuit. And I'm going to get our money. And I'm going to. You know. Go about I just, this. I, I don't. I can't follow that train of thought. Like. It's. It's confusing to me. What she's. What argument she's making. Yeah. And so. I don't quite know. Whether. That is has any validity or not yeah you it, know what i mean it's maybe a it is a little like convoluted con not well convoluted yes probably but also like um su- not, superstitious isn't the word what am i thinking like you're you're overly sensitive maybe like because i understand the like it triggers you like the uh, the idea that we did paranoid, something maybe paranoid like she did something whether valid or not and this person ended up killing himself Right. Like, I can understand that guilt, but it's like, I don't know how it translates to this case. Yeah. I just, and it, I don't know. Mia's done a lot of awful things on her time in the show, and I just feel like if you can't 
feel guilty for those things, why do you feel guilty for this thing that's not your fault? Yeah. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> but, I mean, this is a, a bigger thing. Like, a person's life has ended. But, right. like, I, I don't know. I just, as crass and uncaring about other people as she seems to be, it's hard for me to believe that there is a part of her that actually cared about this person who screwed them over. Sure. Right? So it's like, are you a good person or not? Do you have a conscience or not? Because I haven't seen it yet. Yeah. So it'd be nice, you know, if the first time that I'm seeing it is not this thing that happened off screen. You know, have some sort of conscience when it comes to your dealings with these other women. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. So uh, they end up flying to Austin. Um, when Wendy and Necker are like okay with each other, they're just being cordial enough. It's, you know, still not the best, but not the worst. Um, Ash, uh, I will say Wendy probably has treated NECA with more courtesy than Giselle has treated Wendy or Candace. Yeah. Which is fucking stupid. We'll get to it. Um, uh, they arrive. Ashley has split them in two separate cars based on their astrological signs, which I'm like, oh, God. Like, but that's so Ashley. And like, I'm I'm a witch. I'm fully in, like you guys know this. You, you know I'm witchy and I, I'm very, very pagan and very into I wouldn't do this shit. Yeah. It's just not all air signs are the same. So why are you just splitting? Like, that doesn't make sense. Why? Like, mm, stop yeah. it. And, and Robin's pissed because she's in a car with Candace. And, and Ashley. And she like, was what? just being messy. Yeah. I mean, everything comes down to Ashley is just being messy. Like, yeah, honestly. Yeah. Um, K- Karen and Ashley and Giselle are in a car together. And Karen tells Ashley, because Ashley's like, you are you excited for your like triple 20, you know, coming up or, and all that? And Karen's like, yeah, Ashley, like, I don't sweat the small stuff. And Giselle goes, Karen, when? Because you were sweating it like three days ago. They played the clip of her like thanking Robin and Juan for coming as if that was like malicious. And I was like, what? It was nor She was th- like, she was addressing the elephant in the fucking room. Like that wasn't like her rehashing things with Robin and like going back on the deal they made to like at, at Ashley's party. If anything, it was an acknowledgement of improvement, improvement and putting things aside and for the good of the group. Yeah. But then, so Karen then goes off about sort of her, th- or how she's handling Robin and it all comes down to pie. <laughs> oh Lord, this fucking analogy. I cut the pie in half at her home, Ashley, and I put the other half of my concerns in the freezer. So like I don't here's the thing I don't put the whole pie in my mouth and Giselle goes I don't want you to put any pie in your mouth <laughs> like and then we get all the visuals uh, as much as some people have been harping on the graphics team I understand it because it's the same graphics team this was necessary because I, I was lost the Robin with the with the pie and then the pie split uh-huh. and then it's in the freezer and here's the thing when she explained it on Watch What Happens Live I got it it's just the weirdest choices of pie yeah. Mm-hmm. Of like, mm-hmm. I've dealt with like the superficial stuff. We're still going to deal with the wand stuff. And I'm putting that in the freezer. <laughs> that goes in the freezer. And then I'm going to unthought. I just, I can't. <laughs> and then Karen, her confessional goes, is Robin a liar? She'll lie for Juan all day, all night, even on Sunday. I don't know why she won't come out and tell me the truth because she really wants to be friends with me. I was like, Karen. <laughs> Ah, Karen was on something and Karen's carrying this season. Like yeah. she's so fucking funny and stupid and I love her for it. Um they all get to the hotel, they head to the room and I had fucking 
chills because that fucking Casamigos bottle that's on the table that Giselle's like, oh, thank you. Like, somebody hide it. Candace should have fucking, like, threw it out the goddamn window. I would have cackled. She knows those horror stories. Hell fucking no. And just yeets it. Like, <laughs> just walk in one in the middle of the night and Candace is pouring it down the sink. Yeah. <laughs> Karen, or Ashley decides that she's getting a, pen, a penthouse suite and she's giving the other penthouse suite to Robin, which even I was like, that's bullshit. Yeah. Karen says, I'd rather sleep in my little bitty cubby hole of a room than be in a suite knowing that I didn't deserve it. Mm. <laughs> um, so Karen, and then I don't know even how it comes up, but then Karen then brings up to the group. So like everyone knows I have this visual this year of doing pie. <laughs> more pie they bring up the because i don't even know why it came up but they bring up the robin thing wendy goes i thought y'all squashed it and then karen goes it's not over my half of the pie is in the freezer it has two pieces now i cut it in half <laughs> and then one time I, I laughed at robin karen goes we're down to one half of the half in the freezer and robin goes that would be a quarter <laughs> i was like that was funny robin <laughs> in case y'all wasn't mathing the math is mathing karen air confessional i liken robin to a pie i bought it from safeway two dollars <laughs> a motion of truth is a lie robin's ass she's on freeze i'm gonna unthaw that pie though when you tell the truth and confess your sins i was like <laughs> so many mixed metaphors like <laughs> oh god um, so basically Ashley tells them the plan of like, we're going to go by the pool for a little bit and then we'll, we'll go out to dinner later. Um, uh, everyone goes to their rooms and everyone has just like construction right by the, like their window. And it's just like, Oh, lovely views guys. But here's the thing. That's, I'll, we'll say this from experience. That's Texas. Yeah. I, there are constructions like areas that I have like had at, you know, where I used to live been gone for like a couple of years come back and it's still there like it's like i-35 has been under construction my entire life <laughs> meanwhile we're in pennsylvania where uh was i-95 like burns halfway down and they fixed it in two weeks yeah it was great <laughs> we love it thanks, thanks. governor shapiro <laughs> um so uh didn't mia say something later like oh it's actually a good thing because it's clearly that means they're putting money in the city I guess, but like Those... it's, it all, it's always there. Yeah. Um, Candace, uh, K uh, Karen and Wendy are sitting poolside. Um, and they're talking about everything. Candace goes, <laughs> Candace going, what's going on with you and Miss Neka Neka? <laughs> can Wendy tells her, look, I don't feel like I have to say anything else. I don't know Neka from a can of paint. <laughs> it was a, Odd choice. Yeah. There's a lot of odd choices in this episode. Yeah. So then Ashley, Giselle, and Neca all end up joining them at certain points. Karen, again, is doing this Lord's work trying to, like, moderate and, like, get to a place where they can actually move forward. And Karen's like, you know, in, in order to move together, like, you know, I kind of need to address the things with, you know, you, Giselle, and you, Candace. Karen goes, I, Giselle, I feel like when Candace is in the room, you're much quieter. And Giselle goes, I'm totally fine. Lies. Like, but basically, she's, well, she's also saying, I'm fine with the quietness. And it's like, great. I'm not as a viewer. Yeah. I'm glad you're happy, Giselle. You're content with how you, you exist in life. Because, I mean, it is about your mental health. Whatever. We'll get, we'll get to it. But at the end of the day, you have stayed on this show because as messy and problematic as you have been, you're entertaining. Yeah. This isn't entertaining. This is not entertaining. And... 
and you're going to be on the ship that is shipping out Robin at the end of the season if you're not careful. Yeah. Candace goes, I mean, there's nothing really to face. She does not want to acknowledge me because she thinks if she doesn't speak to me, I will disappear. But my black ass is still sitting here. And I'm like, good on you, Candace, for calling it the fuck out for what it is. Yeah. Like, it's so true. And then Giselle, Karen should give it, Karen should give Giselle her first name because this was some Karen ass level bullshit. She goes, for my mental space and for the safety of me and my children, I choose to not participate in any capacity. Your children give me a literal fucking break. I couldn't eye roll hard enough. I just... Giselle what, really pissed me off at the episode. most at the most in which that you are upset about the whole dwindling uterus comment. How does that affect your children? It doesn't. It doesn't affect your children in no which way. And then Candace calls it out and goes, but I believe it was my bonus children and my husband whose safety and reputation and overall mental state were in disarray because of the things that she was saying. Giselle just goes, the end. Like, because you have no response. Yeah. You're saying the end because there's no counter to that. Because there's no counter argument. You spread a malicious rumor about Chris with no fucking backing that could damage, you know, can damage someone's career. Right. You know that. And you're not taking any account of, about, uh, uh, oh, she makes me so mad I stutter. Well, <laughs> and not only does it have the potential to hurt Chris's career, but it also cuts the credibility of women who actually do report yep. the, these real things that are happening all the fucking time. And it's people like you, Giselle, who are making it harder and harder and harder for women and other um, survivors of sexual violence to come forward and be truthful about their survivorship. Because you're sitting on national television lying about it. Yeah, and continues to lie. And continues to lie. And in fact, develops the lie. Because in this episode, she goes from having said last season that he, you know... Asked to have a conversation. Asked to have a conversation. They went into the room and they both decided to keep the door open to this episode. Bitch says, he forced me to go into a room said, and closed the door. She said, he made me. Go into a room and, and it's like he didn't make you do shit. Even in your old story, he didn't make you do shit because because you, the he, words that came out of your to mouth talk right and you both agreed on your dressing room and you said so because you thought your makeup people were going to be there. And by the way, someone pointed out by the way the idea that you thought your makeup people were going to be there. But you didn't maybe think that Chris also thought the makeup people were going to be there? No, because he was supposed to somehow have known that they were going. Uh, but they were already gone. Yeah. Uh, Candace says her confessional, you cannot make up lies about any person and expect not to get your ass handed to you. It's like, exactly. You can't, like, as much, the comment of the dwindling uterus and all that stuff on its own is terrible. But you cannot play victim because of what it what precipitated it right and you know what precipitated it and you don't own your fucking shit i used this analogy on the last episode but uh you know giselle you, you can't be mad when candace gives you exactly what you asked for right she went on amazon 
DocCandice.com <laughs> and put that dwindling uh, uterus comment in her in her basket. And she checked out and it got shipped to her doorstep. And all of a sudden, now Giselle is mad. Now Giselle is mad that she has a dwindling uterus on her doorstep. Well, bitch, you ordered it. Yeah. Like, you asked for it. All that Candace did was deliver what you asked for. If you didn't want Candace to come for your dwindling uterus, you should not have asked her to. Yeah. Giselle uh, says, Karen, right now you and I are in a good place and I like it. And Karen calls her out and goes... I do too, but if we can get there and we've been through hell and back, isn't there hope for other people? And that's always been my frustration is that she's forgiven Candace or or Karen. She's forgiven other people, but Candace and Wendy, suddenly it's too much. Suddenly you're like, I just, I can't for the life of me figure out what the difference is between Candace and Wendy and everyone else on the cast. I think it's this. I think it's a skin color thing. I'm sorry. I do think it is. But also I think, Candace is so good, particularly, of calling out Giselle's bullshit. Well, and Giselle also realizes that Karen will back down for the good of the group. Right. So because she will do that, she will take advantage of Karen in every way that she possibly can. Yeah. And Karen, because she cares more about the group and the show than she does about little old Giselle and her bullshit, will deal with it. Yeah. Candace don't give a shit. Candace has another career. Candace will leave the show. If she needs to. Right. But Karen ain't going to do that because Karen loves being grand, grand dame of Potomac. And like that, like this is her, this is her kingdom. Yeah. Uh, Karen also says to Giselle, like you were alarmingly quiet at Pickleball. And this is where Giselle goes, to be honest with you, the whole witchcraft stuff was disturbing to me. And then we get into this stuff. Candace says, that's a disturbing and harsh allegation. She's talking to NECA. And if you believe that, that's one thing. And NECA goes, I do. Wendy goes, you said that you do? And NECA goes, because she said it. You you weren't on the phone call. I, I get that you would believe your family member. Don't get me wrong. Right. I understand that. But don't you can't say it with definitiveness that that is what was said on the phone call. I get you have the phone record, right. whatever. You don't know what was said on the call. Right. And I like I'm just saying don't talk as like as if it's like a factoid, right? Right. Like it's, it's secondhand information. Yeah. Um, the one thing I will give uh NECA in terms of like the stuff people were saying online, she says at this point, like, look, in my th- whole forty years of life, no one has threatened me with a shrine. And people were like, Oh, calling you out for lying, because at the doctor's office with the OBGYN, you said that you were thirty five. To me, and I I don't like to give NECA anything really. I didn't think that was a big deal. Because people like it's yeah. to say forty years of life when you're thirty five is not that yeah. crazy. Like it's, I I don't I didn't find that to be like the bigger issue. There were other stuff that I found issues with. Um, when he goes, these are things you weren't on the phone to hear. And Neca goes, my in law is not a liar. And then Giselle piping up immediately because now like now she's not just the innocent bystander. Now she's like the ally at this point. Right. She goes, but I mean your mom has said stuff said things about Mia and when he goes not that type of stuff and like I but also like this is the one time in the last like two seasons that Giselle has like addressed Mia or address Wendy directly it's only for the purposes of trying to undercut Wendy right uh Robin and Mia then join at this point and Giselle goes oh since you know Mia's here so like Wendy's mom on social kind of put you on like an altar right it's like oh my fucking god 
Wendy then decides, okay, I'm going to pull up the post of what my mom uh, posted about me. And she reads it. I did find it funny. She goes, she's reading. She goes, well, well, ugly inside and out. Crater face Mia, a bombastic, ignorant, nonsensical, baseless, wannabe CEO, troublemaker. And then she goes, Mia, I'm only reading this because Giselle mentioned it. (laughs) And Mia goes, I kind of forgot. Thanks for reminding me. (laughs) I mean, I'm just, I'm waiting for when she says something egregious. Well, well. I mean, this could, I mean, this had to have been witchcraft because then she goes to hell with Mia and Peter. Oh yes. I say, Holy ghost fire on Mia and Peter and thunderstorm. Amen. There's no witchcraft there. And every, all the girls in the, the green eye bandit side are like, this doesn't help Wendy's point. You don't say stuff like that. You, yeah. That's like kind of proving it. You ignorant fuckers. I, I do not believe I, I, I no way believe that you believe that that has to do with witchcraft i mean technically it could but 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 the whole the whole thing that you're accusing her of is not like christian witchcraft yeah we've talked about it last week about how there is certain elements of christianity that are that would be like praying against someone right but that doesn't mean it's voodoo also, it doesn't mean that it's whatever the Nigerian equivalent of these cultural practices right. are, which is what you initially said it was. Y'all are all over the map. Y'all want to say that it's like Nigerian like stuff, yeah. uh, and you like brought up the whole Osu thing to tie it into that first. And notice how Giselle is quiet. Note, like I, when they were going through Robin and Ashley and Mia's confessional, like being like, "Oh my God, it's so crazy!" I wanted so badly for them to put Giselle up and have Giselle with a straight fucking face try to act like that comments out of the ordinary and weird as a whole ass fucking first lady. She knows what that comment means. Also, I just over the last twenty years or so, if I had a dollar. For every pulpit that that exact phrase was used against the queer community at, sure, I'd be a fucking millionaire. Yeah, <laughs> like y'all act like it's okay when it's used in the church, right? But when somebody gets on social media and uses y'all same bullshit language, now you got a problem. Yeah, it's such horseshit. Shut up and sit down. Um, Wendy's like, look, it wasn't about NECA. It was about her cousin, Lebe, and my sister, Ivy. Her and my sister were friends. They're no longer friends. They've been on and off for the past two. And then NECA's going, nice try. Nice try, Wendy. Ivy told my in-law that Wendy was upset that I told people that Wendy and I were friends to, were, you know, friends to be amongst this social circle. Like, so... (sighs) At a certain point, they literally get lost, like because they're, they're, when they're going back and forth about this, they, they just crossfade, and all the other women are like, "I'm just confused at this point." It's like, I am like, what's what's the fucking point of this fight at the end of the day? It, it's made up bullshit, is what it is. And when you're trying, you can't argue bullshit with facts. Ugh. Uh, Ashley says they're professional. I think there is some truth to the fact that Wendy didn't want NECA to come onto this show. I mean, she should just say it. Like, I wanted to be the only Nigerian. You're not friends with Wendy. You've never been friends with Wendy. Shut the fuck up. Don't act like you, you you care about this person. You're like, well, Wendy's clearly just jealous about, you know, 
But this is this was my point about Wendy or or not Wendy about uh, Neca earlier about how Neca is harping on the Nigerian connection thing. Yeah, Wendy's never done that. It has come up, but it has never been a storyline for her. So why would Wendy care if someone else who is steeped in that culture seemingly came on the show? Right. That's not taking away from her stories because that's not that's not something she's relied on. So why would Wendy care? It seems to me like NECA is jealous that there's another Nigerian woman on the show who could possibly in the future take away from this thing that she is harping on. Yeah. Yeah. Wendy uh, says, her and my sister were friends. They're no longer friends. And NECA goes, as of April 7th, when your mom threatens shrines on people. And then they go debate about, like, when the, they stop being friends or whatever It's uh, and all this. Candace, they really play this as like a gotcha. And I kind of thought it was a gotcha when I was like watching it. And then I watched it back a second time and I don't like, they really, I don't know. Candace goes, how old is Lebe to Wendy? And Wendy goes, I don't know. That's my sister's friend. NECA thinks this is such a smoking gun, like gotcha. She goes, so she's not your friend. So why are you announcing her at your daughter's sip and see then? And then they show the old clip from five, three seasons ago of her sip and see for her children, like where she has a headscarf on and she's like going through people and, and, and saying nice things about them. And they're acting as if like when they got a gotcha on Wendy that like you said that she, they're acting as if like Wendy is saying she didn't even know Lebe. And it's like, no, she, she was responding to, I don't know how old she is. Like, she's not my friend. She's my sister's friend. That doesn't, and just because it's your sister's friend doesn't mean that you don't know that person or would have them at, the, at an event. Right. Also, Wendy clarified uh, online about this, that with sip and sees, your family organizes that and right. it's really your family that puts together the guest list and it's more about who your family knows and not really about who you personally know. Yeah. It's a it's a larger cultural event that has very little to do with your personal friends and family. That's why Lebe was there because she was so close friends with her sister at the time and her sister was organizing the event. Yeah. They really played this as like some massive gotcha. And I'm like, it's not the, again, I, I think Wendy is defensive at certain points and could, there could be some harboring feelings about NECA. Don't get me wrong. I'm not like, but it's just, it's not that big of a gotcha. And it just leads to the, my large opinion is like, why does this matter? Like, again, so she was actually like, what is Wendy being friends with Leve prove about the contents of the phone call? Right. I just, uh, uh, it's the worst. I hate it. I hate it so much. Well, it's, and just like on Atlanta, the production and editing of all of this yeah. is done in such a way to lead, lend credence to the bullshit story. It really was like, oh, wow. she. I literally was feeling like, oh, wow, she kind of got Wendy there just because of the way it was presented in editing. Like I, And then I actually had to analyze it, and I'm like, wait, this doesn't prove anything. 
Yeah. I mean, it is par for the course for this production company. I Dump Truly Original. I'm done with that. There's... I mean, it, at this point, they need to be changing their name. It's no longer Truly Original. <laughs> it's Truly Overdone. It's Truly Unoriginal. It's Truly Bullshit. <laughs> It's truly bad gonna, at our job. I thought you were going to say untruly original. <laughs> Whatever. Yeah. God, it's just like the truly drinks. There's no flavor. <laughs> yeah. Drag truly. Yeah. It's it's irritating. Like I just I can't. Yeah. I can't. It's fire true. Eric. Fire Eric. Hashtag Fire Eric. Um. Yeah. That was Potomac. Not my favorite. Um. Hopefully it gets better. Uh. Candace seems ac- activated next episode, so I'm hopeful. Um, we're going to take a quick commercial break, and then when we come back, we're talking the newest episode of Real Housewives of Salt Lake City. Don't go anywhere. Well, hello, friends. I'm your pal in the mainstream media. And, and I'm the Riz. And, and you know, Riz, it takes years of strenuous, dedicated training before you're worthy to step inside a professional wrestling ring. But it takes even more time to develop complex, highly astute opinions about professional wrestling. Am I right? That is correct. Yes. And you know where we can find that? Yes. On the Wrestling Man. That's right. Do you want something new to put on your reading list? Are you feeling your holiday spirit grow while also being astutely politically in tune? Then you'll want to pick up The Santa Strike, a new book by Shanna Hammaker. While home in Midland, Texas, on a weekend visit with the eccentric uncle who raised him, Marion Wachlowski, otherwise known as Mary, discovers a long-forgotten letter Uncle Joe wrote to Santa Claus. Mary keeps it to share with his girlfriend, Lindsay, and his best friend, Tommy. At first, they consider the letter to be nothing more than a silly lark. What kind of grown man would write a letter to Santa? But soon, Mary and Lindsay find themselves caught in a much larger mystery, concerning many, many more letters to Santa, all surrounding the crisis of gun violence in America. You can order The Santa Strike now on Amazon, available both on Kindle and in paperback. Sidekick Media Services. We are your sidekick in business for social media, video production, and more. Find out more at SidekickMediaServices.com. Welcome back to Again and His Envy. Let's head on down to Bermuda, where Meredith adds a room with a bathtub to the long list of things lost in the Bermuda Triangle on Real Housewives <laughs> of Salt Lake City. Real Housewives of Salt Lake City for this week. This was a fun episode. And, like, bonkers. I'm excited for this Bermuda trip. I, I, we've talked about, like, it's clearly going to end in some big conclusion. But, like, it, it's starting off good already just with what's happening. These girls are always mess oh yeah this this has honestly been one of the best seasons i I think the best season of salt lake city so far yeah um and one of my favorite i mean there's been a lot of good housewives this year uh, but this season has been like amongst the top yeah um the ladies are packing all for their bermuda trip um we get these like quick scenes that we're we're really funny monica bleaching her mustache as she's facetiming she had like a full-on fu manchu of bleach (laughs) it was like what is going on i we said it like i love that monica just lays everything out there yeah and much like she posed what her post she made today with her mugshot which is like damn like which was as she explained in the thing it was a hundred dollar speeding ticket that she forgot to go to court for 
court and it turned into a warrant. Yeah. And that's what it was. Yeah. But uh, credit to her for putting it all out there. Um, we then go to Meredith packing and then we just see Brooks in the bed with this face roller just like mm, 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 squeaky. I overemphasize squeaking as Meredith just goes, will you check the weather in Bermuda, please? I know it's going to be warm during the day, but what about the night? He's not paying attention. He's just, she's just like, okay. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> so weird. Um, and then Angie packing and then her telling her assistant, is this too much? As she holds up a fucking bikini with the fucking Greek flag on it. I thought we were done. And she goes, is this too loud and proud? It's like everything this season has been too loud and proud. I thought we were done. Ugh. I really, I had hopes. I had high hopes. I thought maybe, you know, we just had a little dip when she threw the glass and screamed Opa at, yeah. the, at the Pioneer party. I just... I feel like she's leaned into a I think I was telling you this, that she's kind of leaned into a certain respect to where I almost kind of respect it. Like, I'm almost kind of like, at least you know you're a joke. She's just had her foot on the pedal the whole time. Yeah. And it's like, okay, I I guess we'll just keep going with it. Yeah. Let's go. Uh, Whitney is packing with Justin. And I noticed it on the rewatch. Uh, because we know apparently like Whitney brings up something later about being upset about some of the contents of Heather's book. She puts Heather's book in her suitcase, which I thought was very LVP of her. You know, it could have been that, but it could have also just been, I want to read it on the trip. Maybe that, that might be what it is. It could too. be, I want to read it on the trip. This is something I can read on the plane, you know, all these things, right? Yeah. I, I get that. But did she put it in her suitcase or in her carry-on? I think uh, that's a good question. I don't know. I have to look back. <laughs> that is the key. Because if key it was evidence. in the carry-on, then I'm like, okay, well, then you're just taking it to read. But if you're putting it in your luggage. Yeah. You're looking for. You are taking evidence. It's sensitive material that you need to. Right. You are taking exhibit A. Yeah. <laughs> And Whitney is telling Justin how her energy is really low for the trip and that she's frustrated with Lisa. She goes, I'm mourning the loss of my best friend and for Lisa to blow me off and look at me as an after thought. I was really <laughs> mad. I was like, did she sort circuit? What? She really paused in between after and thought. And it was so weird. <laughs> um, they all fly to Bermuda. I love Lisa greeting Angie. She goes, oh, my God, you look so adorable. What's on your forehead? And Angie goes, uh, a zit. <laughs> and Angie, like, had a zit or something, and, like, it got fucked up. So now she's just putting these, like, jewels on her forehead? Yeah, I, for some reason, thought that she had put, like, a one of those acne patches on it. Yeah. And then she put the jewel on top of it to distract from it. But it looked weird with it with just one. So she put three. Yeah. Please tell me it's a Greek thing or this is verging on like cultural appropriation. <laughs> <laughs> and Lisa, and Lisa just goes, Oh my God, I love that. <laughs> um, they all, uh, Oh, you, you made me, you made me cackle laugh because they're talking about like the tales of Bermuda and the confessional being like, you know, pirate ships, you know, the Bermuda triangle, Mary, they're going, why do I have this horrible looming feeling? I will never be seen again. And then you go, I don't remember what I said. Oh, what you did I remember? say? You were like, you're in the confessional. We know you were okay. <laughs> oh, yes. Yeah. Cause the confessionals clearly filmed after the fact, like <laughs> girl, we know you made it home. Unless you're a hologram. You're a hologram. <laughs> uh, 
They they all like I'm funny sometimes. Yeah, no, you're funny. You're very funny. I just don't remember it when it happens. <laughs> I need to point it out though. So. Uh, they land and Meredith was like knocked out on the plane. Heather's literally like filming Meredith just like with her sleep mask, just like passed out. Um, they all get into the sprinter van and Meredith already is starting to feel like terrible, but the way that, okay, this starts, this, this starts the trend where I thought their way of them handling Meredith was so fucking weird. This episode. So weird. Like someone that you call a friend. You've known this woman for years. I will give Monica a pass because she just met her. Yeah, but Monica was better to her than anybody. Right, exactly. So, like, everybody's just, like, making fun of her for taking too many benzos on the plane. It's like, okay, so is there no empathy of, wow, this will make you feel really awful like, we should maybe, you know, take care of her a little bit. Like, I take care of my drunk friends or my high friends that maybe do a little bit too yeah. much. And it's like, hey, they need help through this because they are not at a capacity to take care of themselves. But I was, and I don't know much about benzos, but like, I, I do think she was just genuinely dehydrated. Well, yeah. Like, it probably sucked everything out of her system. But, like, Whitney even says, like, we all took the same sleeping pill on the plane, but Meredith took it twice on accident. And then she puts accident in air quotes. There's all, There's always, I'll say this, there's always been discussion about Meredith maybe having a pill problem. I mean, Lisa brought it up last season, mm-hmm. kind of. I mean, like, they're kind of always wink-winking at it. But also, if she has a pill problem... And has had it for this long, two benzos ain't putting her down. Sure. That's fair. She would have built a tolerance. So, like, no. But Meredith literally, they're on the Sprinter van, and she goes, excuse me, is it possible to make the temperature a little bit warmer? And Heather goes, no, John, don't listen to Meredith. She is not in charge of this trip. Monica and I are. And I was like, oh, great, Heather. Like like we said last week, like the or two weeks ago, the, like, stern mom on vacation is back. Like, Heather really was giving that vibe, like, throughout this. It was crazy. I will say I would have had a firm no to that, too. We are in the Bahamas. I need my air conditioning. You can put on a blanket. Sure. But she's like wrapping herself in blankets right. at this point. At that point, it's like, okay, like, let's get her jackets. Let's get her blankets. Let's get her taken care of. I'm not sweating for her ass. No, that's fair. Uh, Lisa asks, like, so what is it with, like, the pink sand beaches? And then John, their driver, is like, yeah, so, like, we have fish called parrotfish, and they eat some of the algae. They pretty much shit out the pink. And Lisa goes, oh, my gosh, it's pink shit. <laughs> Wow. I was like, that great story. <laughs> Do we tell that to every uh, tourist that comes in? Uh, you know those pink bitches, uh, beaches? It's all shit. Mm, it's all shit. Fish it's shit. Just, it's not a sand. It's poop. <laughs> they arrive at the villa and they're greeted with like cocktails. Lisa goes, is this rum? Oh my gosh, this is a rum drink. <laughs> well, she does. She, she so rarely has rum because everything she's ever drinking Drinking? Drinking. Drank in uh, Salt Lake City has beauty tequila. Oh, God. Um, so, basically, they, they, the house is gorgeous. Like, the villa is actually really yeah. gorgeous. The only thing I didn't like is that giant fucking staircase all the way down to the pool. How the fuck am I supposed oh. to have to climb up and down uh, Mount Everest just to go take a swim? It's too steep. It it's really too is. too much. Um, and, and uh, There better be a fucking elevator inside. They all go race to sort of, like, get their rooms and all that. Meredith, racing the rooms? Seriously? Just give me one with a bathtub and then they can go play their games. Like, 
and and, and we find out later that even in the car, people were like, Meredith wants a bathtub, like like very much emphasizing that. And Meredith is not feeling well. So you know what I would have done is gone. Hey, let's make sure that we get Meredith one with a bathtub. She'll probably really enjoy, you know, taking a, a longer bath today. Yeah. Help her feel better. No. Nobody they, did that. They really just hate her, I think. Maybe and I'm I just crazy. Don't, I don't get that. I just, like, sure, maybe she rubs you the wrong way. Maybe you're not best friends. But, like, nobody has active beef with her right now. Yeah. Why do you seem to not give a shit? Maybe it's the not engaging. Like, I feel like maybe they, like, underhandedly think, like, she doesn't engage enough in the season or something. But she does. I mean, she did with the whole rumors and that. Like, she, I don't know. It just felt weirdly, like, well, personal. And she, did, and she did say last season that she was disengaging. Yeah. So. So. Um, Meredith's room is the only one that has just a shower and not a bathtub, <laughs> which is, like. And it was a pretty small room. Yeah. In comparison. They all go down to sort of eat food, and Mary's like, I'm going to take a little rest. I'm not feeling so great. Whitney goes, which room are you in so we can check on you? And Mary goes, I don't know. Whichever one was left without a bathtub. And, like, it was pointed, but, like. But then everybody just ignored her. Nobody offered, oh, I didn't realize you didn't get one with a bathtub. Let me switch. You know, no. Again, that would have been my first in, like instinct yeah i don't understand these people who have zero fucking empathy for her heather leary says in the confessional the trip is ruined meredith mark doesn't have a bathtub we should all go home now pack your bags kids it's like but like why would you want someone who is upset on the trip exactly why would you not do everything you can't if you are not someone who takes baths and instead takes showers why would you purposefully hold that from her yeah it's crazy. Because you know she's going to be awful to deal with the whole time. It should be at least self-preservation. I, I just don't understand the logic. Right. Uh, Monica Bates is like, I'm going to make Meredith a plate and then go check on her. Lisa is like, that's nice of her. <laughs> uh, it was just weirdly pointed. Uh, Heather, and Win- or Heather and Lisa are talking. And uh, Heather asked Lisa, like, how are you and Whitney? And Lisa's like, I mean, I left Meredith's event upset. I'm not talking right now. And then Whitney is talking to Angie on the beach as this is happening. And Whitney explains that she texted Lisa afterwards and she never got a response. And so they haven't really communicated. Whitney in her confessional then goes, it took me years to break through to Lisa. I feel like me being that positive person in her life was a pivotal moment. And she became this better version of herself, which... Yeah, her out, her expressly saying what Heather is then about to relay. This was the funniest shit to me. <laughs> this made me. Lisa is so delusional, but god damn, she's funny in how she, delusional she is. What's so funny about it though is that normally with a game of telephone, the wording gets completely distorted. Yeah, in this. The wording doesn't ever get distorted. Not what that gets, much. What gets distorted instead is the tone in which it is delivered. See, I don't even think it was. I mean, so I mean, I, well, I'll say slightly. Slight. I'll give you. So that. Heather takes it to Lisa with like this slant to it, but she says the same thing. It's just like with a different sort of attitude. She's, she starts it slanted. She right. Sta- she starts it. She goes. 
I mean, Whitney has says that she's been helping you like not make it all about you. The not make it all about you is pointed. Right. But the rest of it I thought was accurate. But with she, that base on it, yeah. everything else is slanted. She goes, to not make it all about you. And she's, you know, really proud of you for like not reacting strongly to things and how you're changing the way that you are. And Lisa goes, wait, what? What are you talking about? <laughs> and, and Lisa then is immediately offended by this. Which I think she has the right to. She Heather goes, like, she's helping you, like, be, like, intuitive and healing. And Lisa goes, when did you have that conversation with her? <laughs> like, like, tell me now. Like, this is not okay. Like, it's not, the fact that it's not okay that, like... <laughs> it's just wild. It's just absolutely wild. Heather goes, you're becoming a better person because of your friendship. You don't feel like that? And Lisa goes, no. <laughs> like, the, like the way that Lisa goes, no, I'm fine. Like, I've always been a good person. <laughs> like, At this point, it's like, okay, Lisa was offended at the start and then decided to lean into the delusion. Yeah. And then Lisa and her confessional, give a girl a crystal. And next thing you know, she thinks she's the Dalai Lama. You're not the Messiah, Whitney. Maybe you should go back to church and find out who Jesus really is. Well, he's not the Dalai Lama. <laughs> Hi, Dalai Lama. <laughs> I bet she thinks the Dalai Lama is literally just a llama doll. Is that is that what she thinks she's reading in the Book of Mormon? Do you think does she think the Dalai Lama is like? I guess, I don't know. I don't know that she's ever read the Book of Mormon. She's halfway through it. <laughs> she's halfway through the title. She's read Book of. Yeah. Lisa, this was the funniest line. Lisa then goes to Heather and goes. You know what makes me feel like a better person? God and my husband and my kids. That's it. Unless Jesus Christ like comes walking across that water, no one's having influence on me. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Literally. Uh, and, uh, fuck. It's so fucking ridiculous. Then what? what's the point of friendship then? <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's like, friendship is not for me to be a better person. <laughs> like... Like, I just, what is the point of community? What is the point of lifting each other up or oh. calling out? Like, even if you want to talk about the negative parts, right? Like, calling each other out for bullshit. What's the point, then, if not to better someone? I, I don't, I just, what are you doing? Just go home at that point. Just go home. Go, go home. home. <laughs> Shout out to Willem. Yeah. Uh, Monica uh, is checking on Meredith in her room and asking how she's feeling. And Meredith goes, my feelings are hurt by the way it was handled. You guys see that I'm not feeling well at all. I'm walking around Bermuda in a blanket, and then it's like, let's make sure Meredith gets a bathtub, and somehow I don't. <laughs> Which, it's, I think the crazy thing about this scene is that it's so weird, like, the bathtub stuff is being brought up again from how ridiculous it was in the first episode with Whitney but this it's more like okay but the bathtub is not the point like the like, point was being inconsiderate yeah Mary goes it shows the level of respect I have for the women in this group which at this point looks like zero and she does like a goose egg with her hands she was big this episode on miming out uh, uh, numbers <laughs> <laughs> we'll get to it later uh Monica then goes and tells Lisa and Heather that Meredith's upset. And Heather's like, did you rock her to sleep? And Lisa goes, did you swaddle her? It's like, go. it was kind of like, it was mean. Like, why it was, was it so mean? Like, I just don't understand. What happened? Because it feels like something happened off screen and everyone hates Meredith for it. Yeah. 
Is I, I don't understand why why is everyone turning on the mean girl shit? Lisa, I kind of understand because of that lunch, but I mean, not not that I understand, but like Lisa is like mad at Meredith from the lunch, but like Heather was. But like, I didn't think that ended that horribly. Not for us, but for Lisa, it did. Because remember, she was like ranting about it to Whitney instead of like comforting her about her deceased friend. Oh, I guess that's right. Like for Lisa, but for Lisa, it was the biggest fucking deal in the world. But yeah. like, but my favorite, like Heather was more the confusing one because like Heather and Meredith are like the closest allies. Yeah. Just, yeah, it was crazy to me. Uh, Monica goes, Meredith did say that the room situation made her realize and remember how selfish everyone in this group is. I love the way Monica related so even harsher than it was. I mean, but she's not wrong. Lisa goes, I'm not selfish. And Heather goes, she can bathe in Whitney's bathtub. <laughs> I mean, I understand once Meredith's sick ass has gotten in the bed, there's no switching rooms. Yeah. Because I don't want to catch whatever the fuck that is. I, But at least let her use your bathtub. But yeah, use the bathtub, sure. But I love Monica in her confessional going, I love her. I care. You know, I'm worried and concerned, but not enough to give up my room. <laughs> Monica shouldn't have to. It's her birthday trip. But uh, Heather should not have to. She also organized this trip. There are three other ladies. But I'm with Lisa. Lisa in her confessional, she goes, this, this is me. This is literally, like, Lisa was me personified. I understand Meredith has an obsession with bathtubs, but I have an obsession with views. <laughs> All of the rooms have views. But the, but certain views are better than others. I love a good view. I, fine, whatever. But all of those views are better than what you're seeing back home. So, like, maybe get over yourself. That's fair. And also, you have a fuck ton of public space. How much time are you actually spending in your bedroom mm. on a girl's trip? Uh, Hardly I, any. I, you are correct, but again, it's my irrational. I, I would not. I, I want the best view. That That is my. Fair, I, but it's not your trip, and you're also not sick. No. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying. Um, Whitney and Angie go, like, running into the ocean, and Whitney fucking fully trips and, like, plants in the water. Oh, God. Um, but th- th- Meredith is then texting a producer that she's not feeling well, and so they send in, like, a full mobile medic to, like, go into her room and, like, give her an IV drip and all that stuff. Cause it's like, she's not, like, just, fa- like, full of shit. She's not, like, trying to get baby. She literally needs an IV at this point. She's that dehydrated. Like, why do these women not give a fuck? I don't understand. Like, I just don't understand. And they continue to not give a fuck. I just, I I cannot fathom that level of, like, it's almost hatred. It's gotta be. Because I I just, the first thing I would do would would be want to take care of her. Yeah. And I just, I don't understand treating someone like that. That is supposedly your friend. For a long time for some of these women since way before the show. So I don't I don't understand. I just don't understand. Everyone is literally like as this is happening, everyone's just FaceTiming their husbands to like say like how great the the place is. They yeah. don't care. And so then they go on this like rum tasting like by the beach. Heather talks to me in a commercial. This trip is not just fun. You know, there's an educational element. I wanted to, you know, them to learn about the history and the culture. And I'm like, Heather, stop bullshitting us. Like, you wanted rum. Like, this is for you guys to drink. Sure. Um. So, but they're still all waiting on Whitney. They're, they're like, where's, where's Meredith? And like, 
but they don't care. Like they genuinely don't care that Mary's no. not there, and do, and don't even bother to ask why. Um, there the guys like the bartender's like showing him off all these rums. I guess there was one rum that they made like that was honoring this Olympian, uh, Flora Duffy, and stuff like that. It comes into play later. Whitney then eventually comes down and arrives. Of <laughs> Monica being like, "You look like a traffic cone" because she's in bright orange, but Monica is also in bright orange. <laughs> But Whitney's in bright orange with that tan. I didn't like the cut of that. She loves like she loves to show off that side tattoo so much, and I'm like, nah. we can't forget her last name. Uh, well, <laughs> or maybe she can't forget it. <laughs> I, 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 Does she have memory loss? <laughs> I, well, <laughs> I don't mean to like play up Whitney being a ditz, but like. <laughs> <laughs> She has to pass every time she passes something reflective. That's right, Whitney Rose. <laughs> got it. Got it. Uh huh. Got it. So Whitney, the bartender, then like re-explains like the cocktail and that it's up, up uh, in honor of this Olympian. Lisa then goes, she excels in everything, especially in betterment. And then she's like, and then everyone just doesn't react. And she goes, yeah, her best self. It took me a second to realize, oh, she's referencing what Heather told her. Yeah. <laughs> like, I'm like, it, I, Whitney, like, Lisa, I didn't get that. Sorry, girl. You I, had to make that clear. To, to be fair, I did get it. <laughs> it, was, it was so weird. And then Whitney goes, where's Meredith? And Heather goes, I mean, Meredith's, like, hooked up to an IV. Like, like just like. Well, and then they literally cut to the to the room, and like she has an MUA putting makeup on her oh as she's still God. sleeping. It's like, what is happening? <laughs> it was so weirdly like it, there was something like mommy dearest about it. I'm just like, <laughs> I don't know. But the, but I thought the, the crazier thing was they showed the flashback, and Heather just walks in and goes, "What's this? Like what?" And then Heather just goes. I know you can rally. You're tough. And then, like, leaves. It's like, the, Heather, you, Heather, like. I know you're sick enough to need an IV, but, you know, you can rally. Fuck off. Lisa in her confessional. Now we know why Meredith was so good at churning butter. She really knows how to milk things. One, that's not how butter's made, but whatever. <laughs> you you're not milking the cow to make. I mean, I know that's part can. of the process. It's like way earlier in the process, though. That has nothing to do with the actual turning of the. Okay, yeah. They Meredith does end up rallying and then heads out to the Sprinter van, and they and they all leave to go to dinner. It's quiet, and then Meredith just goes. I have a question for everyone in the car. And Here the we go. She, <laughs> Here we go. She does. She does it as if she's giving like a political speech. By the way, she does it as if she's like at a debate. Like it's so like it's not like uh, there's something about her cadence. It's she like, said, "If I'm gonna rally, it's gonna be a political rally." Yeah. <laughs> Who here has a room with a bathtub in it? And then like everyone raises their hand. You all saw I was white as a ghost, covered with blankets in the middle of an island, very ill. I just feel like it might have been nice for you to say she's sick. Let's give her a bathtub. And Lisa goes, so who's supposed to give up their room with a bathtub? <laughs> Lisa's like, I'm not doing it. <laughs> like, <laughs> Wow. Lisa, Meredith just talks about how like, she feels like she was like disrespected. Heather in her confessional goes, I don't know if Meredith checked the itinerary, but there's absolutely no time for a leisurely soak in a bathtub. And then we get a flashback. And apparently the reason that Whitney was late to the rum tasting was because she was taking a bath. And <sighs> and she was really like overemphasizing with the like blowing the bubbles. And I was like, 
Again, this feels mean. <laughs> it's so it like, really does, and I just don't. I, I I'm gonna stop harping on it at some point, but it won't be any time this century. Yeah, Lisa goes. You didn't specify that you needed a bath, and Meredith goes. I said that I would like to take a bath. I'm shivering and freezing. Then okay, then Angie jumps in, <laughs> and then this whole Angie Meredith thing gets rehashed. She goes. I thought you were under the weather. But Meredith, you were also making snarky comments about her laying on her back and spreading her legs. I'm like, what does one have to do with the other? Like, what? you can't be snarky when you're sick. I'm snarkier when I'm sick. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and then they cut to it, like her telling Heather this uh, when they were going through the rooms. Meredith tells Angie, because you said, oh, Heather, you should have the room with the two bathrooms, intimating that she was bringing men home. And I threw it back with your own words that you said to me. <laughs> That's just like intimating. <laughs> I love this show. Yeah. Angie, is, <laughs> and you said nasty things and you threatened my family. Oh, my God. We're back here again. <laughs> I don't know why. Meredith goes, I did not threaten your family. Monica's head is in her hands. Like, fuck are we doing like what the fuck are we <laughs> go look up the definition of a threat go read a dictionary get a vocab lesson and angie goes it was low and it was dirty and mary goes don't talk to me about low and dirty you are the lowest and the dirtiest <laughs> i will say as much as i am on meredith's side in this argument that was a threat well <laughs> but then also she says her confessional it gets to a point when you're accused of something over and over and over again. You may as well do it. Is that a threat? <laughs> like, she can't help not sounding like a movie villain. <laughs> it's like she's the fucking penguin. Like, god damn it. Literally. Um, and, but then it's just weirdly, sh like, they're yelling at each other. And then Angie goes... Look, it just like gets better and things like shift with us all the time. And Meredith goes, maybe you should sit down with me one-on-one, -on -one, Angie. And May Angie goes, maybe so. And Meredith goes, that'll be fine. And then they just like, then they just are good. <laughs> Wild. God bless. And good on, good on Meredith for like going like intensely sick and giving this amazing fight. Like in like a matter of hours. I... I, I, I don't know where she got the energy for it, but yeah. maybe there was something more than just IV juice in that IV. Maybe. IV juice, saline. IV juice. <laughs> Real <laughs> medical professionals, yeah. Um, they all sit down to eat. I love that Lisa just orders for everyone. It's like, okay, we're going to get the cauliflower bites and the calamari. Let's also get the mussels. <laughs> like, <laughs> I love how Monica literally looks up and across the table at her like, are you just going to order everything? Okay. <laughs> okay, cool. <laughs> I, 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 again, no one's fought with me. I'm fine. Like, I'm whatever. not piping up. I'm just going to wait. Angie asks, you know, is everything good now? And Meredith goes, I was trying to express that I was hurt. And if I don't tell you guys, then you can't be cognizant of it. And then they all just end up apologizing to her. <laughs> for, and Meredith's like, thank you. That's all I wanted. <laughs> Whitney then goes, in the spirit of saying your feelings are hurt and you want someone to acknowledge you. You know that is not what she said. Yeah. 
<laughs> she said in the spirit of her feelings being. <laughs> oh, I wrote it. I, 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 cause she then goes, Lisa, the other day when I told you, you hurt my feelings. And I wrote feelings <laughs> that way for that one. <laughs> the other day when I told you, you hurt my feelings. And Lisa goes, no, you didn't tell me. There was a lot of things said. And I went home upset. <laughs> oh, Lisa, you went home upset. Why? Why? Whitney goes, I needed you as my friend. And Lisa goes, to do what? Like, to do what? Like, what is, again, this tone is so unnecessary. Whitney's friend died. She died. I feel like Dorinda in that fight with Sonia. Her friend died. Like, you got yelled at at your party and her friend died. Like, that's not like. Those are the same thing. Yeah. Whitney goes, to love me for losing someone that I love deeply. And Lisa just goes, I was on eggshells. And then she repeats the I was on eggshells things like eight more times in this argument. Like she, Lisa, when she grabs that weird phrase, she hinges, like oh, hinges yeah. her entire argument. Now eggshells, eggshells everywhere. It's like, ow, eggshells. <laughs> you, you know what eggshells do? They crunch. Like, it's not going to hurt you. It's fine. Yeah. Lisa then goes, I'm sorry you feel upset. You treated me shitty at Meredith's event. And she's just getting really loud. And like, Whitney goes, you're making this about yourself. And I don't want to say it. And then Lisa goes, well, let's talk about that. I guess you had a conversation with Heather where I'm self-absorbed and you're helping me be a better person. And Whitney goes, what the fuck is that? Like, upset about now at Heather about this. When Whitney literally said it in her confessional, like even the way that like, like, I think that's my frustration. The way Lisa relays it to Whitney, it's not condescending. Oh, oh, why did you tell Heather that you had a conversation with me that, and, and that you're proud of me for being a better person? That is not bad. No, but, but the fact that Lisa is yelling about it. <laughs> Means that there was clearly something bad that was conveyed that makes her upset about it. Yeah. Heather goes, look, you said that you had hard conversations and you're proud of her for being a better person. And Whitney goes, I am proud of her. Heather goes, that's what I told her. And Whitney goes, why are you meddling in my friendship with Lisa? I mean, I am kind of wondering why Heather said anything to her anyway. I, it, it felt like it just came up to me. Maybe I'm wrong. I do. Here's, I fluctuated with this fight a lot. Yeah. Like, there were times where I was on Whitney's side and then on Heather's side and never really on Lisa's side. But like. I mean, it's hard to be on Lisa's side this season. <laughs> Whitney t- tells Lisa, she's spinning this. And Heather interrupts and goes, I'm not spinning it. You said word for word that you don't understand how self-absorbed you are. It's like, wow. I just. I. This whole thing is stupid. Yeah. Lisa says eggshells like five more times. <laughs> eggshells. And then she goes, I'm sensitive with your feelings. I'm a fucking bulldog. I could take everybody else and I temper myself. And like Whitney's like, yeah, the real like tempered Lisa Barlow, the, like in control of her feelings, <laughs> masking like how she truly feels to like protect others. Lisa Barlow. Like, is that's- the temperament in the room right now? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And then the best part, Meredith tells Angie, Angie, at least it's not us. Cheers to that. And then she goes, cheers to Meredith. (laughs) (laughs) Like, they just bonded, apparently, for some reason. Um, uh, Whitney goes, 
Every time I sit down with Heather, she would be so triggered that I defend Lisa. And Heather goes, don't narrate me, which I, I don't know about you, but I got triggered by that because that is such a Lisa line. You're yeah. narrating me. Stop narrating. You're narrating. And like, now that Heather is like taking Lisa's words, I'm like, and then is going to later accuse Whitney of being so devoted to like Lisa. I'm like. I, it really, it really is what it has been from like season one. It's like they're just competing for Lisa's friendship, which I don't understand. Lisa's not that powerful. She's not that cool. Yeah, she, uh, Heather goes. You don't know shit about me. She's Mormon two And for you to sit there and Whitney goes, Heather, shut the fuck up. And Heather goes, Heather's like stone faced. She, she really gooped her. She was just like. I'm I'm honestly surprised that Lisa didn't take offense to the Mormon 2.0 thing. I mean, I guess, but like, I I mean, I feel like it's just Lisa's turn of phrase now. Like, I've has Lisa said that? I think so. Okay, because to me, it read from Heather as well. She's not she's not practicing real Mormonism. Yeah, it yeah. felt more like a read of Lisa. Along the same lines as their beef from earlier in the season, right? I don't, I don't know. I, yeah, I think Lisa's brought it up in, the, in like even past seasons. I like, think Lisa was just already angry at Whitney and knew Heather was on her side, so she wasn't going to be angry then at Heather. So sure. she needed Heather. Yeah, <laughs> Heather goes, "Oh, you want me to shut the fuck up?" And Whitney goes, "Shut the fuck up." <laughs> yeah, bitch. That's what I fucking said. <laughs> Heather goes, I'm pissed. And Whitney goes, good. <laughs> and Heather goes, good? Don't you ever say shut the fuck up to me. <laughs> like, <laughs> I can't. <laughs> Whitney goes, Lisa, I was hurt that you didn't respond to me. Honestly, after the last year, I'm used to you being the one that comforts me. And Heather literally chuckles. I was on Heather's side with this. Heather in her confessional goes, Whitney's version of their friendship is called delusion it's amazing you should try it i mean lisa barlow is not is a lot of amazing things but mother comforter and nurturer she is not Mm -mm. i I agree with heather being like you expected lisa to like be like a nurturing force for you in like when did did she apply for this job what were her what were her qualifications yeah heather's like i am bowing at the altar of lisa right now but even i know that's stupid like no. Uh, Whitney goes, moving forward, please just don't ignore me, even if you want to say fuck off. And Heather goes, yeah, just say shut the fuck up right to her face. <laughs> like, so so mad about that. Whitney then offers to, like, cheers Heather, like, jokingly. And Heather goes, I'm not going to cheers to that, Whitney. You sat here like some weird devotee to the Lisa cult. When did you become dearest, closest friends that the first person you wanted to hug you was Lisa? And it's like, this is where Heather is, like, showing that she's a little... Yeah. Obsessed about the friendship. Whitney goes, you guys have no idea what Lisa and I's friendship is about. Heather goes, then tell us. Whitney then goes, if I told you, you'd also be triggered and try to ruin it. And Lisa laughs. Lisa chuckles and goes, oh no. And then goes, okay, but like, and then Heather goes, fuck you. And like goes off. (laughs) (laughs) This whole thing. I'm just. I love that even Monica turns to Whitney and goes, yeah, that wasn't the right thing to say. Yeah. Uh, it's just like they just Whitney like Heather's going off. Uh, it's raining though, so they all decide to leave. And I love that Monica jokes and goes, "I mean, we literally brought the bad weather." <laughs> like, yeah, there it is. 
Um, they go back to the villa. Whitney's dead asleep in the Sprinter van, and they're filming her. Like, I love the one Heather posted on her Instagram of of Lisa singing away in a manger. To... Oh, I thought it was funny that they were like sticking the Mentos tube in her mouth. Did no, you see that? They all like some of them go to bed, but some of them are like in the kitchen still or whatever. I actually thought going back to like the discussion about Potomac about how like distant everyone is and like how they can't really like be in a group together. Mm-hmm. I thought it was so f- interesting the way like it's Monica, Angie, Whitney, and Meredith, and they're all kind of just interacting and sort of like it felt very genuine and natural. Like, in a certain way, which I thought was cool to see. Well, when they were joking about leftovers, they were, like, like just so it lighthearted. So in, it sounds so innocuous, but, like, it made it feel a little more just, like, oh, okay, you guys are actually yeah. interacting, yeah. which is nice. Um, Monica just like, Heather's going to, like, beat your ass, Whitney. And Whitney goes, she can't, she can act like she can beat my ass, but she couldn't. I'm trained in jiu-jitsu and Muay Thai. I can break her elbow in two seconds. I'm like... And then there's all this debate of, like, who would actually win in a fight. I'm like, Whitney, you say that, but, like, Heather, like, threw you into a window and, like, you didn't do anything last last season. Yeah. I I would still give Heather the... the, the I think it's pretty even because Whitney, if she does have that training, which I don't know if that's true or not, but if she does have that training, plus she's you know, smaller and probably more agile. Yeah. Then she may have the edge, but Heather has like strength behind her. I think she has the strength and I think she's a little scrappier. Cause see, I both, I think both of them can be pretty scrappy. Maybe. Yeah. Celebrity death. God, bring back celebrity death match. And do I Heather mean, versus look, Whitney. Heather is the one that ended up at the Black Eye last season, not uh, Whitney. Maybe that's what happened. That's <laughs> what we're going to find out. It sounds to just Monica and Meredith, though, in the kitchen, and they're starting to talk. And Meredith talks about how she's felt really supported by Monica and that, you know, they've kind of blossomed to a really good friendship. They talk about everything, and Meredith just goes, it's very fifth grade. And Angie can't stop. She poked and poked and got a reaction. And now she's mad that I reacted. Gaslighting, manipulation, one oh one. <laughs> like, and then... Does again, the hand signs again. It's so weird. And then, what was the thing about, like, Deja Poo? Was, like, their inside joke or whatever? About, like, it was... God, it was funny. Monica then brings up... You know how we talked about that page that messaged us on Instagram? I think there's some shady shit going on. I thought this was some shady shit going on. This was. I don't know if this was. People were saying this might be kind of a rookie mistake by Monica, what she's doing. In the way way that, at least in the way that Meredith is receiving this in this conversation, right? Like. Meredith, if Meredith could have told her to shut the fuck up in that moment without drawing attention to the fact that she knew what she was talking about she would have yeah so basically monica talks about how they went out to lunch at one point and were walking like downtown in park city and meredith brought up a thing about how like basically the city was sort of like built in that by the greek mafia and then they like, casually make a joke about like oh maybe angie's a part of that I th- the way monica was relaying it i think she meant like that they were like oh because angie says she's greek all the time like right. oh isn't it a funny joke that you know she's in the greek right. mafia um, not being serious about it, but then Meredith then called Monica or contacted Monica and said, Hey, I got these like weird DMS from somebody about Angie and Sean. 
did you get them as well? And Monica goes to look, and she did get it. And it's someone with, like, 16 followers. It's, like, some, like, yeah. random-ass account. It's a burner account. But then, like, it's, like, this big paragraph detailing Angie and Sean having, like, tax liens and, like, filing for bankruptcy. And Monica says that she then got more DMs after that with, like, actual, like, documentation of this and, like, th- like showcasing it. She asked Meredith if she got the more messages, and Meredith's, like, you know, I I don't think so. Like, I'm really far behind on my DMs. Bullshit. I don't believe that. That smells worse than the pink poo sand. And Monica's like, I don't know if Meredith is exhausted or jet lagged, but I'm confused why she can't care less when Meredith was the one that told me about the DMs in the first place. So, and, and did you see, I told you about Angie's response after the episode aired. That weird fucking, like, video where she's in the bed with Sean and Angie or Sean and Electra, her daughter mm-hmm. and her dad. And like, they're reading like national Enquirer, being like, yeah, oh, that's crazy yeah, about that. like fake news and like, blah, blah, blah. And then she made that weird comment about what was, it? Oh, I got to look it up. Cause it was weirdly like, it was weird. It was like, I don't think she understood what the fuck she was saying by saying this. Cause it was like, not the uh she the caption on the instagram post said greek word of the day is truth three greek flag emojis fake news is cheap to produce the true story of the american dream is inspiring it is one of hope hard work and perseverance greeks and all immigrants can be successful without doing it illegally and i think she meant like i didn't commit a crime as just because we're successful doesn't mean that we're part of the greek mafia but the way that it comes off is anti-immigrant. Yeah, it's like really like anti-illegal immigrant or, or undocumented immigrant. Yeah, yeah. Like what? Like, like I don't think you understood what you meant by that. Cause... But maybe she did. It is Salt Lake City. Yeah. Um, God. So, and this is a par- seems like this is going to play out next episode and sort of like this is where everything really kind of spirals with this Bermuda trip. So. That'll be really interesting to see. Uh, let's go on now and move on to Beverly Hills. Oh, oh dear my. God. We have thoughts. And we talked a little bit on with Cell as well. But, like, yeah, like, fuck Kyle. Fuck Kyle. We are done with Kyle. And I think Sutton is as well. So I'm happy to see it. Yeah. Uh, we come back from the dinner where Kyle's like, I can't be depressed right now. You know, upset about, you know them bringing the things up kyle goes look my friends like with Faye, we've had these conversations like this and sutton goes maybe we're not as good of friends as i thought and it's like yeah like so, like so the whole point is that like don't call me a fucking friend bitch like if you're you know uh also if there's nothing to talk about then what conversations were you having with Faye? right and then kyle goes because i don't think a friend would ask like this also, if you're such a good friend with Faye Resnick, then why did you invite uh, fucking uh, Camille. Camille? Yeah. I mean, sure. Because you're a messy bitch on this show, which I'm here for. Look, I'm here for it, too. But, like, if my best friend don't fuck with somebody, then that person does not get invited to dinners where my best friend is. Like, I don't understand. I agree. But my thing also is, like, for her to be, like, a friend wouldn't bring it to me like this. You're bringing it to Sutton. In the same way. And Sutton tried to bring it to you different ways. And actually, and actually, you, yeah, you're bringing it to Sutton worse. Because you're making, like, nasty accusations and impl- implications about things. Not just to her face either, but behind her back. Yeah. 
Sutton goes, I had a lot going on and I'm sorry for that. And then she goes, I'm sorry for how you reacted as well. And Kyle goes, oh, thank you for apologizing on my behalf. And Sutton goes, you're welcome. <laughs> so good. I think I will get to it also later when they get into the kitchen. I think what it is, is that Sutton, because Kyle has been, was so cold to her about the whole bringing up what she's going through with her ex-husband and stuff like that. And so mean about it. Mm-hmm. At this point, Sutton's like, I can be as big of a dickhead as I want. Yep. And you know, I'm going to, I think she took enjoyment out of just like poking at Kyle. And I did as well as a viewer, but like, like aren't some of the things she said a little fucked up later? Yes. But like Kyle set the stage. Yeah. Kyle started this shit. She's just ending it. Yeah. Uh, they just start, they move on and they talk more about like, like, cause Kyle asked again about like the whole idea of like a makeup band and they talk to Garcelle about like her past relationships and Garcelle goes, look, I grown to believe that he is a great dad and a horrible husband, but you know, life continues after divorce. And I, I love that having that idea of like someone could be a good father and like, you know, they just weren't a good husband. Speaking of wedding bands. Um, you showed me the picture that Lisa oh, yeah. Barlow posted. Lisa of, at the reunion has four rings on, which and, is hilarious. And it's all remakes of the same ring. Yeah. If you zoom into that ring and then go back to the picture of the ring that Kyle has on, Kyle does have a house in uh, Palm Springs. Uh, I'm just saying. Maybe she was in that bathroom and we didn't know. She knew a lot of people or something. She's maybe in with the airport security. Or maybe she picked it up at a pawn shop. Who knows? Who knows? Erica talks about, I want one good love affair. Like, I want one of those things that you see in, like, the movies. <laughs> Sutton in her confessional. Erica, you had a love affair, like, in the movies. It's Harold and Maude, only in reverse, which will probably eventually be made into like a Lifetime movie or something. Maybe, but before that, it's going to be a true crime documentary. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's not the kind of fling she wants. I love Erica goes, I don't care whether you're rich or poor. And then Justin, the guy, the phase uh, guest or whatever, the face that he pulls. He was doing everything he wants the show he knows what oh he knows exactly what a background character is supposed to be doing and then the way this just leaves erica's mouth she goes what i'm saying is if you have a love affair with someone that's what i'm talking about not like an arrangement again again so you just like like but okay but she's kind of made comments like that in the past right but she's never explicitly said arrangement no, but... She was like, I loved him, and it worked for me. Sure, but that's an arrangement. Everybody has an arrangement. Sure, you can still have love and still have an arrangement, Like, I guess. every agreement between two people is an arrangement. Right. Like, even if you're marrying for love, that's still an arrangement. You have arranged to join your lives together for a certain period of time or whatever. But it's like... Yeah, but it, it's all an arrangement. Yeah. She just wants there to be more than an arrangement. Well, and well, she wants an affair. <laughs> even she's not even talking about relationship in this segment. She's just like, yeah. I want to fuck somebody. You know. Anyways, um, oh my god. Then Dorit then ropes Denise in, which which led to a series of dominoes that was like, uh, Dorit goes Denise, and Denise goes what. <laughs> like so, it was the weirdest like like crazy face like 
So he's like, how does it feel to be with this group? And he goes, it's so nice. I can't even, I can't, I was trying to like, how do I do the Denise voice here? It's so weird. Cause she has like a raspiness and, but also it's like, she, it's like she is one of those like slide whistles. It's like, fucking, yeah, it's so, it's so specific. She then looks to Erica and goes, I do have a question for you. Almost Meredith Marks there. I know I, it's not. It, it can't be. It has to be more slurry. I, I, I'm going to workshop this as we're recording. <laughs> you treated me in a certain way after I met you. I can say this about me and you, you and I. It's like <laughs> she's just <laughs> she's just saying where Erica's looking at her like what the fuck like what's going on. We'll get to it, though, because Erica goes, Denise, I don't feel anything personal towards you. And Denise goes, no, you know what you know what I'm talking about. I'm asking you what I did to you. Erica goes, can you tell me what it is, though? Because like, I'm not clear. And Denise goes, well, I'll make it very clear. And then proceeds to not. <laughs> and just repeats what she just said about, like, you were so nice to me. And then suddenly you, it's like... Uh, it's just on loop. She just keeps, she doesn't like, I, here, here's the thing. Denise is fucked out of her mind here. Completely like cuckoo banana pants out of her mind. But also everybody knows what the fuck she's talking about. They were about. gaslighting her to her face. Like they were playing, they were like, oh, she's drunk as fuck. Like this is like playing with a toddler. Well, like, and the, the thing is, is that like, I felt like Garcelle gave the look of, Really? You don't know what she's talking about? Yeah, yeah, yeah. She goes, you know what I'm talking about. And Erica goes, no, I don't. I, I really don't. Erica, why have you not seen Denise for years? Why did Denise leave the show? Like, and to me, I always said it about the time when that Denise stuff happened. Erica's anger at her was always the weirdest to me. Yeah, it made no sense. Because Erica wasn't particularly aligned with Kim or Brandy. Yeah. So why why is Erica involved in this whole thing? Era, and the way that Erica at the if you remember from that reunion was so mad about Denise telling him, "Hey guys, can you like not like say like this like sexual stuff like too loud in front of my kids?" It's not even just normal sexual stuff. It was explicit talk about threesomes and orgies. Yeah. And like I like it's one thing to be like I mean I can't I mean it's kind of weird that Denise is saying that now when she like talked about her husband's dick or whatever one she wasn't around your kids but e her kids but even if you wanted to make that argument it, it'd be one thing to be like that's weird it's an Erica that that reunion was like you're trying to make us seem like we're evil and we're talking negatively and talking sexually around children and you're trying to throw us under the bus it's like it's not that serious Erica. Like that, that was all, it, it was she, a polite request. Yeah. And that, that's why it was so weird. And she just flipped on Denise like that. I think partially because it was coordinated against Denise by the Fox force five. And also it would have been one thing if it was a single comment or something, but it was a full on conversation and the kids noticed yeah. and they were actively listening in on that conversation. So it's one thing for her to just go, well, yeah, Aaron's dick is huge. And then just leave it at that. Right. Which is where those conversations mostly were. And the kids weren't around. But even if they were, they probably would have missed that. Yeah. Because they're not paying attention to your conversations actively. But when you are constantly dropping talk about, 
like not just general talk about sex, but like you literally were talking about dicks and vaginas and all of like naming things. Yeah. They were naming them. Name um, them. <laughs> and so, yeah, it's going to attract the attention of kids that are kind of getting to that age where they start having questions about their bodies and other people's bodies. So it's like, yeah, of course, like, of course she's going to want to protect that innocence of her kids. Yeah. That's not wild to me. No. Erica goes, is it, is it like a specific thing or is it like a whole thing? And Denise goes, it's a whole thing. <laughs> Kyle then goes, can you give like, like an, a specific example? No, Kyle. She just said it's a whole thing. <laughs> she just said it's not specific. <laughs> And then, and then Denise goes, I don't need an example. Go watch the show. That's my example. If you need to take a second and go watch the show and we can come back and do this fucking great. <laughs> I mean, leave it, leave it to fucking Denise Richards to say, fuck your fourth wall. Yeah. She, I mean, that's her. Th yeah. Bravo, bravo, fucking bravo. Like, she yeah. don't give a fuck. Uh, not one flying fuck. Erica goes, Erica's just tired. She goes, okay, Denise, I, I apologize to you. And Denise goes, thank you. Also, the way that they what? gaslit her even here, where it was kind of like acting like she's crazy. What show are you talking about? We're not filming a show <laughs> right now. Oh, this mic pack? No, don't know where that came from. Shut up. Yeah. Just shut up. But she apologizes and he says, thank you. You're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> and then you see the chef in the kitchen going, dude, Denise Richards is fucked up. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. It then gets even crazier. Sutton then just pulls out a joint and starts smoking it at the table. <laughs> Even Crystal go, in her commercial goes, I love my girl Sutton, but she is a walking contradiction. <laughs> <laughs> like, Magic Mike was too much, but you're just smoking a blunt. I'm like, Sex it's is different than pot. I was like, it's legal, but I guess Magic Mike's also legal, but whatever. <laughs> like, but yeah. <laughs> Sutton was feeling herself too. I, again, she, there was something like really empowering of Sutton just being like smoking a, smoking a blunt and just like not giving a fuck at this point. Do you think she was trying to hearken back to fucking uh, Allison Dubois smoking oh, at the table? Oh, that would be great. I really hope so. I mean, because the, the, the visual parallel was just everything. Yeah. Kyle Sutton and Garcelle then pulled Denise to the side to talk like privately. <laughs> Denise going like, oh, this, and she's like pointing at the bar. This too? Fuck. <laughs> she, it was, it was getting bad. Uh, well, and also, um, they, so they go in there and then you can kind of tell from the back that there's something up with her jacket. <laughs> <laughs> you and me, you spotted it before Dorit. I was like, you were like, I was like her jacket's upside down. <laughs> <laughs> and then D Dorit, like, very quietly brings it up to her. She's like, she don't goes, you start with me. <laughs> Dorit goes, is this on backwards? And Denise goes, no. D Dorit's like, you sure? I think it's upside down. And Denise goes, is yours upside down? <laughs> and she's like, I'm not wearing a like, she's looking at herself like, what could she be talking about? 
I'm not wearing a jacket. He just goes, don't do this. <laughs> I know what you're doing. Stop this. Stop. What, what is she doing? Dude's like, about your jacket? And Denise goes, I don't give a flying ass fuck about a jacket. <laughs> But I was going to say before that, uh, when Garcelle, Sutton, and Kyle are talking to her, Garcelle's like, look, I, I, I think Erica, like, I don't think she really understood. And Denise goes, oh, she did. She's a fucking dumb fuck. <laughs> <laughs> and Sutton goes, okie dokie. Um, <laughs> oh, my God. Kyle then shows, shows Denise out <laughs> to her car. <laughs> Denise just keeps on. she's a fucking asshole. She knows. She knows. <laughs> Oh, oh, this was so funny. Like, when, if you know, you know. So they're all still talking or whatever, just casually by the bar. Anna Marie's talking with the group. And she's like, like, I wake up at like 4.30. Like, my husband literally sleeps for like four hours a night. And Sutton goes, Martha Stewart said four hours. She also went to prison. And I'm like, foreshadowing. Uh, <laughs> oh, let's ignore that. Uh, <laughs> Dorit uh, tells Kyle that that was, still, that was crazy what happened with her and Sutton and then basically tells Kyle about the comment that Sutton made when she came to the table about Kyle being in denial about something and it pisses Kyle off immediately which is exactly what Dorit wanted like <laughs> well and it's just it's also weird because they've also at this point squashed it yeah well not like really squashed it but like for the night yeah, well, because she turns in immediately and goes, Sutton, what am I in denial about? And Sutton goes, I don't know. What do I, what would I know? I don't know anything. Like, I love that she's just like. Also, them just trying to like force Sutton into saying that she knows something when that's not what that means. It means clearly you're hiding something. Yeah. Sutton goes, it seems you're in denial about something. I don't know anything, so I'm going to let it go. We've established this. Kyle goes, quit trying to gaslight me when, when when you went in there and said, and Sutton goes, I said it while I was sitting at the table. And Kyle goes, wherever you said it, I don't care if you were standing on your fucking head. And Sutton goes, we all know I can't stand on my head. And even <laughs> Erica laughs at that. <laughs> but this is what I'm talking about. Like, Sutton's like playing with her. She's just like. <laughs> it's like a cat with a, with a mouse. It's, it's fabulous. Dorit tells her. In denial about what, though? And Sutton goes, that's the question. I asked her about her household, about her marriage. And Kyle goes, quit talking about my household. And by the way, which fucking house? Which, I don't know what she meant by that. Was she referencing the Kim stuff? No, she was saying, I have multiple physical houses. Like, bragging about money? Like, girl, not to, like, Sutton's not going to be jealous of your money. But also... Like, that's not what she was talking about. Like, she's talking... When someone says your household, they mean your home and the people that you live with and the family dynamics therein. They do not mean your physical house, not the four walls. That's not what she's talking about. Yeah. Fucking dense asshole. Uh, Erica and Anna Marie check on Kyle in the kitchen, and, and Erica's like, it's not fair to you. It's like, fuck off, Erica. Erica is just... Erica... There's nothing consistent about Erica's position either on this, by the way. Oh, no. Like, if this was any other relationship, she would be prying. And, like, like she, it's just because it's Sutton. It, it really is. 
Um, Sutton comes into the kitchen and goes, I trust what you are saying that there's nothing going on. And Kyle's like, well, I did again, I did bring up stuff while we were on the retreat. It's not like there's nothing going on. Kyle then says, if I was really going through a hard time with that, this certainly wouldn't be the way I would approach my friend. And Sutton literally looks left with a look on her face. Like, are you fucking serious? It was, it was almost like the office where you stare into the camera. Like you just approached me in the same fucking way. Like, oh my god. Am I taking crazy pills right now? I don't understand. Yeah. Garcelle then alley oops. Like, she like helps Sutton here and goes, Do you think there's something going on with her? She's talking to Kyle. Do you think there's something going on with Sutton? Let's bring it back to the fact that you are doing the same thing. And Kyle goes, I told her. I said, I didn't know if it was your first drink or your fifth. Or the, you know, your medicine for your foot. And Sutton goes, you're going to tell everybody that I don't eat? And Kyle goes, you don't. Sutton goes, yes, I do. And Kyle goes, I've seen you push around your plate and say that you have some disorder where you can't eat your food. And Sutton goes, so now you're going to make fun of something that's wrong with me. And Sutton relays in her confessional that she has this disorder. Um, there was a name for it. Somebody looked it up. Um, it starts with an A, I think. Um, that's like an assault. Like, Basically, it's harder to swallow food. And like, right. Sutton talks about this of like, you know, I have issues swallowing food and like I can't eat certain foods. Like I had – she says at one point like I have been out for like four days because I can't swallow my own saliva. Right. Like it's it's an actual like serious – it's not like some fucking – again, it's not some fucking joke. Yeah. Like it's so like – we'll get to it later. But it's like uh, – it's just nasty that she would like try to like make a joke out of it. Sutton goes, what's going on in your life? And talking to her confessional, what's going on in your life, Kyle? You're not drinking. Why? Was it a problem? Did you drink too much? I don't call you out on your shit. Why are you calling me out? And I was like, ooh. Sutton was like. I I, I was full on, get her, Jade. Like, it, it was great. And then Sutton goes. To the fucking earth's crust. <laughs> and tells Kyle, I'm sick of fighting with you. You already lost two sisters. Do you want to lose a third? And we were both like, whoa. <laughs> Gloves fucking off. And I'm like, Kyle earned that shit. She did. See, Sutton earned, and Sutton earned that diamond. Oh, yeah. People were like in the lead up were like, Sutton needs to stop saying stuff in her confessionals and say it to people's face. She did it right here. Yeah. She let it all hang out. But also acting like nobody else says stuff in their confessional and not in not to people's faces. Yeah. And then this was so illuminating. Kyle goes, oh, really? Go fuck yourself. And you know why you can go fuck yourself? You have your own situations with her and you don't want to speak up. And Sutton goes, oh, I'll tell everyone what Kathy did. Sutton, Sutton was so good in this fight. She's like, oh, you think I'm going to, I'm hiding something? I'll fucking say it. Like, I'll fucking bring it out. Uh, Kyle goes, you have to kiss ass in public, but play that game with me. And Sutton goes, Oh, so this is about Kathy. And Kyle goes, you just made it about that. She's talking about... Who brought up Kathy? No one brought up Kathy other than you. And also, you you said at Garcelle's party, this has nothing to do with Kathy. And clearly you were fucking lying. Right. So Kyle, like, so Sutton tells doesn't go into detail but you know sort of yeah 
she does after Kyle leaves the room, but um, she she uh, says, yeah, I've had my own fights with Kathy. And then Kyle just screams, well, then why didn't you say something last year? Well, so, well, Sutton specifically says, Kathy was mad at me because I didn't stick up for her enough in the press. Right. And uh, uh, with the whole stuff from last season. Kathy yelled at her, and then Sutton told Kyle, quote, I see what you experienced. Sutton says this. And then Kyle goes, yeah, but you were real quiet that day when we were all together the last time, weren't you? Basically saying, why didn't you say this at the reunion? Right, and they show a flashback to the reunion. You made a great point. To pinpoint that that's what she's talking about. So she's talking about um, not showing up for her at the reunion in a response to having experienced the same sort of treatment from Kathy. The problem with that, though, is that the reunion was taped on September 9th. Right. Um, the clip they show. The clip is- they show about her not standing up for her in the press was from BravoCon last year, which, if I check the calendar properly, then that was in mid October. Right. A full month and a half after the reunion was taken, and it was and it was some, someone saying like, "Whose side are you on?" in the Kim or the Kyle Kathy stuff, and it was basically Sutton saying, "I think there's something in the middle." Right. And that's what Kathy was mad about. That's what Kathy called her and screamed about. But here's about. the thing. Kyle is mad about the same fucking thing. Because that's my frustration. Kyle doesn't want to take ownership of anything that happened last year. Right. Of how she made Kathy feel in certain regards. I'm not saying Kathy can't be mean. Right. I'm, I, I think, and also people who are watching the Paris Hilton, Paris and Love show are kind of seeing like, yeah, Kathy's fucked up. No one's denying Kathy's not fucked up. Right. That whole family is fucked up. But Kyle was allowing her friends to shit talk her sister and wasn't doing anything. And Kathy was upset about that. Rightfully so, I feel. Whether, you know, what happened in the sprinter or whatever. But my thing is that Kyle doesn't want to take any ownership. It wants to be all Kathy's fault. And she wanted, let's say, let's timeline stuff aside, which that it's a great point that you brought up. But like, putting that aside, she wanted Sutton to say, to completely side with her and say, no, Kathy, you are mean. When Sutton and Kathy are friends on their own, right? by the way, Kyle just didn't, it tells me, Kyle, you didn't want to fix things, right? You kept crying at the reunion. We need to leave, I need to leave better than we came. I just need to fix it. It needs to be fixed. No, you didn't want to fix it. You You want Kathy to, to look bad. Right. You wanted to make her the bad guy. Because then you're the hero. Right. So, like, don't, like, it's just, it, she's really exposing herself and not even realizing what well, she's saying. it's because for so long she's had Rena to do this dirty work for her, and she hasn't had to do it for herself. And now that she has no one who is a sycophant like that next to her, she's really exposed. Yeah. She has to do the work herself. Because while... While Erica is there and she's kissing up to her and all of that, fine. But she's not doing the same work that Rena was. Right. And Marie seems like she might try to do some of that bullshit. Yeah, I feel... We'll see. Yeah. But um, for now, Kyle's on her own and having to fight her own battles. And it's exposing how nasty Kyle is and how much she doesn't ever make any fucking sense. Yeah. Erica says her confessional. Some people in this group fear Kathy because they hold the access to something that they want. 
basically implying the whole like Sutton wants to get in the parties, right? Etc. Which I love Sutton on Watch What Happens Live being like, I've been friends with Kathy long before I've been friends with Kyle, first off. And two, I'm the one that throws the parties. So fuck off. Yeah. But basically, but, and Eric is also using it as a defense of like, I'm the, I'm the lone wolf. I have nothing to lose. Basically, like, I've been blackballed, essentially. So, therefore, what I said last year was more valid because I'm not afraid of Kathy when she brought up the whole – that she's – the thing that she, she claims that Kathy called the DJ a fucking faggot or whatever. Yeah. Like, it's like, ugh. Like, it, it's I don't buy I don't buy it. And to me, again, like, Erica, that's not the fucking point. Right. That's such a side tangent thing. Like, I honestly don't give a shit. I, I mean, she shouldn't have it in her mouth, but I don't care. Yeah. At this point, like it doesn't affect me at all. Erica then comforts Kyle in the, like the spare room or whatever, and basically like I'm your friend, I have your back essentially. And Erica's like the sister shit was low because like I I know that you've been working so hard on it. And Kyle goes, "Well, it's not even my doing." Again, you you had nothing to do with this, Kyle. You had nothing to do with your issues with Kathy. It was mm-hmm. all Kathy. Mm-hmm. Let's maybe someone will believe that. Anyways, I certainly won't. Uh, we then go th- uh, throughout the day of things. Um, uh, <laughs> Dorit at her home with her kids, and apparently her daughter Phoenix is like obsessed with like Wednesday Adams now after the whole Wednesday uh, thing, and she has the 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 hand. The, the oh yeah, <laughs> that was cute. I, I whatever about Dorit, her children are adorable. Um, Erica, I also, we found out that Erica doesn't know how to make lemonade. <laughs> it's like, it's like, it's like lemons and sugar, right? Like, but like, how do you, <laughs> like your whole storyline for the last three years is how much, how many lemons life has given you in three years. Yeah. Learn how to make lemonade. Duh. Something. You should have figured it out by now. <laughs> it's not that hard. Um, and then Kyle, we see jogging over to Anna Marie's house cause they live on the same street. Uh, they're going to go play pickleball, of course. Um, I'm tired. <laughs> so over it. Um, Anna Marie, we get a little bit of Anna Marie and see her first confessional. She talks about being competitive all her life and being an athlete. Uh, naturally, she would be married to an ex-NFL player. We see Marcellus. We don't see anymore. <sighs> Whatever. Um, I get... I, yeah, it's just... No, it's it's a terrible situation. Why do none of these shows vet their people? And. Uh, Anna Marie and Kyle sit down and Anna Marie's like, I need like a full rundown. Kyle goes, let me preface this. I love Sutton. I really do. Shut up. No, you don't. Absolutely could not give two fucks about her. Like, and she, I love that she starts every sentence now with this. It's like, it's almost like she wants the audience to believe it so badly. Well, yeah. Because everything is a production for her. But she's like, I don't know why she was coming for my marriage in that way. So uh, Anna Marie later t- uh, talks like, I want to get to know Sutton be- more because like we didn't really get much time to chat. Kyle jokes like, I mean, because she was so focused on ruining my life. Fuck off. Sutton didn't, even if, even if Sutton was malicious here, Sutton didn't ruin your life. Also, Sutton didn't come for you at the table. You started in with her. Right. But like if your marriage ends, if your fucking all that shit happens, it has nothing to do with Sutton. Right. It's obvious. So, like, uh, it's gross. Uh, as this is happening, we then go, uh, as Crystal is going out to eat with Sutton, Garcelle, and Denise as they're all getting together. Uh, Denise looked so, like... So better. Uh, like, 
bushy-eyed and whatever the phrase is. I can't think of it right now. Yeah. But it's like, girl, uh, who are you? You are not the mess that showed up last night. Yeah. They talk about everything uh, that happened. Sutton mentions, like, the comments that Kyle was making about her drinking. And Denise goes, Kyle was judging your drinking. And Sutton goes, exactly. Splits and ponytails on the ceiling. And Garcelle goes, sweeping the dance floor with her coochie. (laughs) (laughs) And then Crystal asks the right question and goes, so why do you think Kyle pointed out with you and not Erica? Again, last season, Erica's just being free. She's just, you know, yeah, she cursed at Garcelle's son. And yeah, she's interrupting like people doing like live musical performances. And yeah, she's like falling over and it's like hitting her head. But she's just having fun. And also, like, making really pervy comments about Garcelle's older son. Yeah, about his baby mama. Like, whatever. Crystal does say, though, to Sutton, like, I will say, though, as your friend, like, I do think that the sister comment was very harsh. And Sutton goes, yeah, it was a low blow. And I'm like, yeah, it was. Don't get me wrong. Kyle low blowed and Sutton low blowed back. Yeah. And and Sutton getting all of that, you know. Um... Kyle brings talking about that comment. Kyle goes to Anna Marie. That is the nail in the coffin with the sister thing because that was designed to hurt. Oh, I oh was was the anorexia comment and the drink that was designed to be helpful. Was that designed for educational purposes? Right. What was that designed for, Kyle? Right. Uh, Kyle says her confessional. I don't know if it's something going on with her personally or if she has like an issue with me. I think she needs to stop thinking about my own life and focus on hers. And I wanted Candace to appear so she could do the projection. Fucking like that is literally projection. <laughs> Again, Kyle, your marriage is falling apart and you are spending your time accusing Sutton of being a drunk and an anorexic. Focus on your life. I'm mad. I'm so mad. And then it gets even worse because they bring up the esophagus thing again. And then they're joking about it. Being like, is that even a thing? Like, what? This, this bothered me. Because Anna Marie's like, I'm an anesthesiologist. And like, we put like, you know, tubes down people's esophagus or whatever for like breathing stuff. And you no, were like. You, no, you don't. That's, you, you, put- you don't. Um, so when, when you intubate someone which is what it is called when you put a tube down someone's throat so that they can breathe, usually on a ventilator while they are in surgery. Um, You put the tube down their trachea. Not their esophagus. Not their esophagus. Um, uh, That's, like, very specific because you don't want to breathe into their stomach because that don't help nobody. Yeah. So Um, for future reference, um, if you're going to need to be put under uh, for surgery, don't go to Anna Marie. Yeah. um, Also, apparently she's just a nurse. She is not a doctor, so she don't intubate nobody. Yeah. Nurses do not do intubations. Those are doctors. Yeah. She don't know what the fuck she's talking about. And it's not because she's a nurse, but because she just doesn't know what the fuck she's talking about. Yeah. And next week she's going to try it with Sutton on this, and I'm ready for Sutton to just put her in her place. Yeah. Um, we then go to Dorit and PK at their home uh, talking, and uh, Dorit uh, Dorit's basically talking about talk about you know Kyle and Mo and how they they both kind of acknowledge it. Like, yeah, it does feel like something is going on with them. And Dorit says her confessional, but that's for Kyle to tell. To come at Kyle like Sutton and Garcelle did, there's something that felt a little bit dirty about it. I'm like, you've been on this show for what six years, seven years, however long. 
seven. Like, Dorit, this is part. Nothing was was different than what someone would normally do on this kind of show in terms of that topic. Also, and and Cell was pointing this out. The looping in of Garcelle. Right. Like, Garcelle was just helping Sutton along in that. Like, she again, to make it seem like she was trying to target Kyle at that table. And man, shut the fuck up. Ugh. I, I'm, I'm just sick of it. Because it's, it's, it's hypocritical bullshit. It's what Kyle has been doing since season one. And honestly, it is about time she gets called out for it. Yeah. It's been 13 years way too long. Yeah. Um, Dorit brings up like the uh, their discussion about like sort of homeschooling the kids and what the process is, and P- and the, Dorit thinks it's going to be better for them because they're already learning more and sort of the process. And like PK disagrees, um, and PK thinks that it's basically sort of a response to like her PTSD stuff and the stuff from the robbery, and she's being too overprotective. Far be it for me to agree with PK on something, but yeah, I I agree with him on the principle of it. But also the way he says, talks about it is just really annoying. He goes, I understand that you have been through a really traumatic thing and you have a lot of fear in you that isn't rational. If I think you're going down the wrong avenue, I'll tell you. And Dury in her conversation goes, thank God PK has all the answers. Don't know what I would do without him. Because she also talks about how like PK's not around a lot and then doesn't see the kids and then basically is like then dictating things as if he has the knowledge of like how they're right. He should not be trying to dictate anything, but I understand his concern of no, these kids need to be socializing with other kids. And if it's your fear and your PTSD from the break-in that is causing you to like, overly attached to these kids and overly keep them under your wing. Like that's something you need to deal with. Right. And like we need, because you shouldn't be implementing that into your children. I mean, I don't think he, his solution is go to therapy. I think his solution is listen to me. Right. Well, it, his solution really is get the fuck over it. Yeah. And which makes sense considering the whole thing is fake. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Just saying. Um, Dorit basically explains, like, I don't think he knows the gravity of this situation. She goes, I lived a moment where my kids' lives were over. I saw it in my head that does something to a person. And I agree. Like, if if it's real. I also... <sighs> I'm just saying she kept her wedding rings. <laughs> I'm with Garcelle on this. But she, but they didn't steal the rings, which is even weirder. Because remember that? Well, that, that's what I mean. Like, after the robbery where they stole all her jewelry... Yeah. Somehow she still had her wedding rings. Uh, yeah, it's a mess. We then go to Erica, who's meeting uh, with Mikey over in WeHo to discuss like business stuff uh, because Alexis has her uh, gotten meetings to maybe possibly do a Vegas residency, uh, in which connect- we know ends up being a thing. Ends up being a thing. Gets gets a connection with Live Nation. I love Mikey being like, "We need to find like the right venue, the right space," and I was like, "The right ticket price." <laughs> <laughs> Because we've seen those. Um, Come on, single digits. Yeah. Here's the thing. I've, I'm interested in Erica performing again because I yeah. actually think she's a great performer and her music actually is pretty good. Um, I, I like – I will watch the, the, the special thing that they're doing for Bravo. Absolutely. And stuff like that. Um, <laughs> I'm like – I just couldn't get over this confessional by Erica though. Her going, what I love most in life is a pursuit. I'm a hunter by nature. And I always have been. 
And why wouldn't I hunt the biggest game? I don't want to hunt warthogs. I want to hunt elephants. And I'm like, <laughs> okay, Erica, like you prepared this. Like, and you oh, thought this geez. was going to eat. <laughs> Absolutely not. <laughs> um, we then go to Kyle and Dorita going on a walk together. They greet and hug and Dorita goes, wait, we're working out. Do you have your wedding band on? And Kyle goes, oh my God. Kyle goes, all because I had a piece of jewelry that she hadn't seen before. Do you know how many pieces of jewelry uh, she hasn't seen? It was a piece of jewelry on your wedding finger where your wedding ring didn't exist. It's just, it's... St- Do you think we're stupid? Like, the level of obtuse obtusity i don't know it seems like the right yeah, word. yeah, yeah. It, it's just astounding i just i don't i you have to be real dumb like we'll, we'll talk about it how we're we're pretty damn sure that larsa is the most delusional housewife but kyle is going for second place at this point yes but kyle maintains it better kyle Fair. maintains the aura of um being on the right side better right it's one of those things like if you acted a certain way then it like almost but i don't think that she necessarily does this season i think that she has before because she's had her sycophants but she does she doesn't have that anymore she still has a few i mean she has dorit and erica but neither of them are as yes man as rena was yeah sort of so without rena without teddy Without either of them, who were really the two people screaming in the background. Right. She doesn't really have the support she used to, and she's really exposed. And I am I really hope that we see a full Kyle takedown season this season. Yeah. Um, Kim then arrives to join them. It was great seeing Kim back. Yeah, it's great seeing her trotted out of the closet where she's kept when she doesn't need her to make her look good. I was going to say, convenient that Sutton makes that sister comment, and the next scene we see with, or, you know, the next day or two, Kim's suddenly filming again. Kyle, we see you. Yeah. Like, uh, but it was, I love Kim, and I think, like, like, it was good to see her healthier. Yeah. She talks, they talk a little bit how she was kind of a recluse during the pandemic. Like she didn't leave the house at all. And so therefore kind of like fucked with her mental health. Yeah. But now she's getting into painting and she's doing that kind of stuff. So it's just good to see her healthier and like not, yeah. you know, cause when she was at her worst, I mean, it was riveting television, but like it was yeah. also really sad. Yeah. Um, she tells uh, Kyle, I said, Kathy, tell Paris, you know, if she wants anything for Phoenix, I'm down to do that. Phoenix being Paris's, uh, uh, child. And Kyle's like, I still can't believe I found out about that on Instagram, which, but most people did because I, I, I didn't, I haven't watched Paris in love, but I hear it's really fucking good this season. But like, from my understanding, she didn't tell anyone that she was pregnant. Like. Literally, they showed a scene, like they showed a, a preview clip for it, and they showed a scene where Paris walks in with Phoenix in her arms, and basically, like, and that's hey, Mom, her announcing to Kathy that she had a kid. Yeah, like Kathy didn't know while she was pregnant; didn't know until after she gave birth. Yeah. So, like, why the fuck do you think you should have found out before Kathy? Right. Oh, because maybe you make every situation about you? Yeah. Maybe that's it. Maybe that's it. 
Um, but we do also see a scene of her daughters like talking, like Kyle's like, are you going to visit the baby or whatever? And they're like, we're kind of uncomfortable, like not going without you and sort of like that stuff. And I, here's the thing. I don't deny that there's a rift. Like, I think like there is a, it's sad to see a rift in certain regards because this is something that's been overarching with these sisters, right? It's always, they're never always good with each other at the same time. And so that becomes an issue. And like, I can understand that it can be taxing on Kyle. I also acknowledge, I know Kyle's fucked up. Like, like I say, like, I think Kyle's also experienced a lot of trauma in her life probably. And like her, her response to that is to lash out in a very nasty way to people. Sure. But at her big age, it's her responsibility to deal with 1000%. I'm just acknowledging, like, even from like the first season, I saw a lot of early parts of myself in Kyle. Yeah. I've talked a little bit about that. I've had a family member who uh, had issues with alcohol. Like I, as much as Kyle was terrible to Kim in certain respects, I also understood in the sense of not knowing how to handle that. Right. And, and being in a position of like, you're the big sister now and you have to like, you know, protect them and all that stuff. And it's frustrating. Right. But unlike Kyle, you have dealt with those things and you have moved forward from that place. Kyle never has. Yeah. Kim tells her, like, I do believe life is just too short to fight. You know, it's just not worth it. I want you guys to fix it somehow. And Kim's, like, tearing up and hugs Kyle. Kyle's like, I don't even know how this happened. And Kim goes, both of you have could have done something a little different. I love that Kim was, like... Trying you, to be judicial. Yeah, but she, like, like you both need to give. Like, yeah. it's only going to work that way. Yeah. Like, and I, and I wonder if Kyle will end up doing it. I doubt it. I doubt it because, like, even when they seemingly made up in, like, the media and, like, we're at Kimosabe together again, it was definitely presented as, like, Kathy apologized, not like they made up equally. Right, because Kyle never apologizes because Kyle never does anything wrong. Right. I don't know if I can – I don't visualize that happening. But, hey – um, so that was the episode of Beverly Hills. Yeah, Beverly Hills is doing really great, I would say, in terms of just like riveting television. Oh yeah, Sutton's been like like Sutton's earned her place fully, and I'm and I'm really oh proud one thousand percent. Um, we're gonna take a quick commercial break, and then when we come back, we're talking the newest episode of Real Housewives of Miami. Don't go anywhere. Well, hello, friends. I'm your pal in the mainstream media. And And I'm the Riz. And, you know, Riz, it takes years of strenuous, dedicated training before you're worthy to step inside a professional wrestling ring. But it takes even more time to develop complex, highly astute opinions about professional wrestling. Am I right? That is correct. And you know where we can find that? Yes. On the wrestling man. That's right. I'm Eamon. I'm Merlin. And if you're anything like us, you live your life out loud. And when it comes to issues of discrimination, inequity, and outright bigotry, we use every platform we have to speak out against systems of oppression that perpetrate violence against marginalized groups. That's why we are so proud to wear designs from the Survivors Know merch store. Their team has created designs that feature unapologetic, empowering, and survivor-centered messaging that range from mild... Like, accountability is love, and toxicity is not on the menu. To a little more spicy. Like one of my favorites, Fuck Your Laws, Fuck Your System, Transformative Justice Now, which has a cute little happy flower on it. Each design is available on a variety of items from t-shirts and hoodies to bags, blankets, magnets, and even stickers. And as more items become available, the options will continue to grow. 
100% of the proceeds go back into supporting the amazing work done at Survivors Know to support survivors, workers, and survivor advocates by organizing, challenging the status quo, and creating alternatives to the systems that fail us. Support Survivors Know by shopping today at SurvivorsKnow.Threadless.com. That's SurvivorsKnow.Threadless.com. Sidekick Media Services. We are your sidekick in business for social media, video production, and more. Find out more at SidekickMediaServices.com. Welcome back to Again is MB. Let's head on down to Florida where Larsa continues her campaign to become the most delusional housewife on Bravo on Real Housewives of Miami. Guys, I think she's got it. I like, think she's got it in the bag. I don't like, I can't, like, the closest I can think is Teresa. Teresa, Kyle is going for it, <laughs> but I don't think she's quite there. But I feel like Teresa has enough moments of normalcy where it's just like, Larsa, it's just like, I don't. I, I don't understand. I, I, it's it's baffling. Um, we come back from last episode where there's at the fuck cancer party and they Larsa had FaceTime Lisa to see if she was coming and Lisa's like, yeah, I called the police. Um, well, she says the police are at my house, but now she gets clarified and says, I called them on Lenny and his mom. And basically she's like, I'll explain it to you guys. I'll be over in a little bit. <laughs> I love that. It's like, yeah, <laughs> that's a great cliffhanger for your friends. Like, yeah, I called the police on, on my ex-husband. Like, you know, I'll tell you later. But it's fine. I'll tell you when I get there. You're still coming to the party? <laughs> I, yeah. <laughs> She's like, I'm, letting, I'm putting the kids to bed. I'm like, but, and from what she describes later, I'm just like, I wouldn't have even, like, left the house. Absolutely not. I, I'm not leaving my kids unsupervised right now. Yeah. That man has a key to that house. Yeah, so, but Lisa tells them she's coming, and Nicole is like, she needs to get out of that house because it's just way too toxic and, yeah. like, not a safe environment. Like, 1,000%. Yeah, and I love she just, like, Nicole just talking about Lenny being a dickhead and just being like, what an asshole. Like, yeah. God, it's all our feelings. Um, we get ready for Julia's performance. I love the compilation that they show of Julia practicing while she's on the farm, like, tending to the goats and, like, all that stuff. It's really cute. Um, I thought this moment, again, did she, and I love Julia Dollars, like, did I hit every note? No. Like, I did, absolutely not. But I did think it was really sweet, and you could tell Martina really, like, appreciated it. Yeah. And, like, at the end of the day, that's what matters. Like At first, because, because um, Martina was, like, overwhelmed with it, like, with the joy of it, she started laughing, and I was like... Oh no! <laughs> oh no! Is she roasting her right now? Yeah. What is happening? But honestly, that would have been hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, honey. But like, man, we need to work on it. <laughs> oh man! Um, Lisa, as Lisa arrives as Julia is performing, so she sees like the sort of tail end of it um, and congratulates her. Um, but then Lars and Alexia decide to pull Lisa to the side to kind of like talk about things away from the rest of the party. Lisa's like I, crying, being like, I can't believe one year it's still happening. Police and everything, like just sobbing. And but basically Lisa tells them the story that Lenny came. That she was getting ready to go to the party. Lenny came into her bedroom and basically told uh, she's like, you need to leave right now. And she's and he apparently said, you know, this is my house. This is my room, like being authoritative with her. It Ugh. And it, the, like it's just like fuck off. And then like she says that the kids were like in the hallway, and Lenny's mom is in the hallway, and she basically says, "You'll be out of here soon. I never liked you. That girl's gonna be a better mother than you." 
at that again, like I hate him. I hate his mom too. Fuck her. Yeah, no, yeah. To some, but it's like that. Her mother, his mother, only feels comfortable because of like what he's like telling her to do. I feel yeah, in many ways. Probably. I think it's just like ugh, it's it's nasty and like there's some dispute later. But I I I I believe Lisa. Did you see the fucking? So that Le- like Lenny's now continuing to like sue Lisa for all like this like the tracking device like allegation all this stuff. Did you see that fucking thing where he posted like I produced text I have I've obtained text messages from prior to he's basically trying to claim that Lisa had an affair before he did, and that is so fucking stupid. Like it's so, so stupid, but then the text messages that he showed, he was it was clearly doctored, because it was like Lisa doesn't talk like that. Yeah. It, it was so blatantly. She said, "No, I don't really want to be with that guy. He's poor and greasy." What? Like that? Why would she call Lenny poor? He's I, not poor. It's like it was terrible. Like, dude, like. And the fact that, like, it, I, now I, I am all on Team Lisa solely from the fact that if he's willing to fake text messages that poorly, he's willing to do fucking anything. Right. And, oh, my God, he's the worst. Um, Lisa basically, like, threatened to call the police, and then they, like, laughed at her, according to her. And she's like, fine. And then she called them. Um, Larsa tells her, like, look, I know we're going to go, like, apart, like, apartment searching, but, like, you have to get out of the house. Like, it's... You have, like, it can't, and I get it. You don't want to leave that house because you're honestly giving Lenny what he wants at the end of the day because he wants to torment you and get that house out of it. But it's like, you have to. At a certain point, you have to put your own well-being above, like, sticking it to Lenny. And your mental health and the mental health of your children. Right. Like, it's, it's. Honestly, probably the physical health. I don't trust those kids physically with him. Yeah. Um, Julia tells Martina, like, you, you know, sits her down. It's like, yeah, that's the reason, like, I forgot about your last, like, treatment day was because I was practicing. And so, like, I couldn't tell you at the time. I'm like, glad that she pulled her aside and, and talked about that. Yeah. I'm glad that she just didn't, she didn't just drop it. She said, this is what was going on. And I'm like, I'm sorry. I couldn't tell you. Yeah. You know, it was important. Yeah. Um, Alexia, <laughs> you, <laughs> You laugh so hard because Alexia is in her confessional talking about, like, the Lisa stuff. She goes, I'm so nervous for Lisa. She really needs to get the hell out of that house. And you were, like, the the emphasis on the wrong. But you were, like, but it kind of works because Lenny is a hell demon. <laughs> like, yeah, she needs to get Lenny out. Lenny is the hell that is in the house. But it's, like, girl. <laughs> yeah. Um, all the, all the ladies are just sitting together talking and Nicole sees that Gertie's like still like annoyed and asks her about it. Gertie's like, look, I'm Zen. Lisa, it goes, I can't believe what happened to you. And you know, we talked the other night and Gertie goes, you already knew though. And then Larsa immediately goes, Gertie, you never told me not to tell anyone. (laughs) Gertie calls her out straight off and goes, Larsa, you even made a joke about TMZ. Not only do you, not only did I tell you, you know that I told you. Right. Like, and it's so crazy. Like, and Larsa does know. She knows she was told. Right. Whether the excuse she makes later, I was doing it to help you or whatever, you know, I was trying to rally everybody. The fact that you're lying 
to Gertie's face and you know you are lying is so fucked up because those other women weren't there for that conversation, right? Right. So you, they maybe they are maybe they could be like, well, I mean, maybe Gertie misremembers or whatever. Like the fact that you were willing to actively lie to smear Gertie at this point instead of just owning your shit. Right. Also, the fact that she shifts to a different defense later means that she was lying about all of these defenses. Yeah. Like, I don't believe that she was being good hearted and trying to look out for her and get the girls to rally. I don't believe that she didn't hear. She was trying to be messy. Yeah. Period. She was trying to like. I I think the original thing of because this is how she presented it was this ruined my day. Yeah, yeah, that it was an inconvenience to Larsa. Right, she was just bitching about it ruining her day. She didn't give a shit about Gertie having cancer. No, there was no concern on her part, and she literally told them, "Don't like let her tell you." Right, like so she knew she knew everything. It, it like. It's uh. um Nicole goes, what was the whole like testing thing about? And Gertie goes, I wanted to trust you again. You were irresponsible with the information. Larsa goes, thank you. You're welcome. What? All right, Denise. Yeah, okay, Hillary, Denise. I forgot that. That's exactly what Denise said. <laughs> Never go full drunk, Denise. <laughs> but so Gertie's just like baffled by her at this point. She goes, "Who the hell do you think you are to tell my news to people? Who are you? Do I need to give directions every conversation I have?" And then she's denying that I told her you're a liar, pathological liar. Gertie was great oh this yeah. fight and she, she i mean she didn't have much to like be great about because she is clearly in the right in all of this right but she really commanded things and like oh yeah like the way she argued was so pitch perfect oh like, yeah and ter- typically gertie can get a little flustered at times like and a little too emotional and like sort of like doesn't always like stick an, an argument he or she was like clear cut and like it was fantastic yeah I couldn't have asked for anything better. Uh, Larsa goes, I'm not going to deal with someone calling me a liar. This is Eric Official. <laughs> this is so dumb. I'm not going to deal with someone calling me a liar. I was literally trying to get the girls to rally around you liar. and show you love. And if you don't know that about me, well, then you're the liar. Does she? What? Words have meanings, <laughs> Larsa. That's she, not what liar means. She. What is her IQ? I genuinely am curious. Could she pass like a, like any like high school level test it's kindergarten level test this woman is stupid <laughs> like lisa uh tells gertie like it was coming from like a good place and gertie goes if it happened to you you wouldn't like it at this point lars is like annoyed and leaving or whatever gertie goes i mean it or tells says in her confessional i mean it from a good place so you should just accept it girl you couldn't even find a good place on a gps if it hit you in the ass Ooh. It was so great. Uh, Gertie go- tells Lisa, because now she's getting pissed at Lisa at this point. I, I think... She, I think I th- rightfully so. I think beforehand when Lisa broke it to her originally, like, I, do, I don't think she was blaming Lisa as much. Right. But now, like, it's like, don't fucking talk to me now. Talk to your fucking friend. Yeah. Lisa should have stayed the fuck out of this. Gertie goes, you're motivating her to continue this back and forth with me instead of just saying, stand down, Larsa. Sometimes you just have to swallow it. And Lisa goes... But you're also going, and Gertie goes, I have the right to. Yeah, damn right she does. Yeah. Like, like Larsa is in no way in the right in this. None. And then I, I, I feel like at this point is when Nicole kind of pipes in, like, 
okay, but you don't talk about that. Like, this is the thing you, why would you think that it was okay to ever share that information about someone else? Yeah. Gertie leaves and she, I love Gertie's like, I'm sorry, Julia, if there was like anything that like, you know, fucked up your day or whatever. Like, I love that she's still apologizing to Julia. We, as much, Julia's not like asking for it. but Because like, she's a good fucking person and has empathy to how other things may affect other people. Yeah. Gertie's telling Julia like, she just like wants a W. Like she can't like fucking like yeah. just own anything. And Julia goes, you have all the right in the world to feel how you feel. And Gertie goes, go tell them that. <laughs> 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 it's so good. Um, this is where Nicole, Larsa sits back down. Nicole goes, look, it was something that came from a good place, but that was done poorly. Larsa then goes, it wasn't even done poorly, Nicole. It's like Larsa, like let her, like she's giving you an out. You don't deserve it, but she's giving it to you and you're trampling over it. You don't get to deserve or to decide whether it was a good thing to do or not. You know how you know it wasn't the right thing to do? Because Gertie's mad. Literally. Uh, Martina uh, gives a speech thanking Julia for the event. And, and she tells them, you took my breath away the first time I laid eyes on you. And you took my breath away tonight. And I was like, oh. I, lo- I love their relationship. I just think it's really sweet and cute and, yeah. and adorable. Um, we then go to a scene of Lars and Adriana going with Lisa to look for condos. Lisa, Lisa says her confessional. I lived in a condo for a year while we were waiting for the house to be built. I remember telling Lenny, why not sell the house and get a condo? Because more house, more problems. And that's exactly what we got. And you were like, I, I don't, don't think, think the house is the problem. I think it was the, I think it's a Lenny problem. Like, I think you could have lived in a box and you, and, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you still, if you still got Lenny, you still got the problem. Yeah. This house is gorgeous. This condo is f- it's also priced to match that gorgeousness six at six point nine million. Six point nine million, and then also f- you have to pay forty one hundred a month for the HOA. Just the H. I was gagging. That's nauseatingly stupid amounts of money. Yeah, but I will say this: going back to what I said on Salt on the Salt Lake part about views and how views are important to me in like places, the terrace is thirty two hundred square foot. It is the it it is so expansive. I would die to be in this house. I love a good terrace. Like I love, and it's, it's right, right over the bay. Like I love that she, they're trying to convince Lisa because Lisa's like, I don't know what my budget is actually. <laughs> like I don't. It's like then why are we out looking? Lisa goes, that's a lot of money, and Adriana goes, but not for Miami, Adriana. Like. <laughs> This woman is going through a divorce. <laughs> you you don't. Uh, it doesn't uh, matter whether it's a good deal for what it is. It if she doesn't have the money for it, she doesn't have the money for it. Yeah. <laughs> oh God. Uh, Lenny Lenny texts her apparently as they're, they're looking through this condo and texted, "I'm coming to see my children. I'd appreciate it if you stay away when I'm there. Like just so like nasty and rude. So nasty and so rude." <laughs> Um, and then they're sitting down. Larsa then goes, the other night I was trying to apologize to Gertie. She was so angry. You did not try to apologize to her. Such revisionist history. Where was the apology? Where was the start of an apology? Nowhere. She, you... she couldn't even admit that she did something wrong. In order to apologize, you have to first admit that there was wrongdoing. Yeah. 
It's, I, I just ugh. Lisa goes. I mean, she was very angry with me also. And Adriana goes. I told her, don't shoot the messenger because Lisa, you were an innocent bystander. I think she's more angry at you. And Larsa goes because I cared. Yeah, Larsa, it's because you cared so much. About yourself, and you opened your mouth about it. Adriana says she wanted to be the one to tell everyone, and Larsa goes, she was going to tell the girls anyways. <laughs> oh, my God. It's just like, every, I don't think it can get worse, and it does. Dear I, Lord. I just don't. Someone needs to study her brain. All, all Adriana can do is just, like, roll her eyes in the confessional, because it's also like... You can't argue with her. No. It's like arguing with a brick wall. Like, Lisa basically says that, like, hey, so I wanted to invite you all guys all out to Palm Beach for, like, a girl's trip because she's working. Uh, she she has um, working with these people in this company, Aroma 360, um, to do a scent. Uh, mm-hmm, that she had mm-hmm. talked a little bit this a couple episodes ago. And so they have like a condo or not, or like this like big mansion basically with like five bedrooms. And so maybe we can all get together and do like a girl's trip. Larsa goes, are we bringing our guys? Can I bring Marcus? No, you idiot. There's nine of you. There's nine of you and there's five bedrooms. And you want to bring your man? It's like... Uh, Lisa literally goes I mean it's a girl's trip like I would want to bring Jody but like no like <laughs> I, I love Adriana because Marcus is ready for a break as well I'm sure he's like thank god I don't have to fuck her five times a night because I forgot about the, oh, reu- the reunion where she tried to claim she has sex that often and it's like oh god like I'm yeah take some, take, delusional. Some, take some time away from Marcus please um, we go to Nicole and she's taking her son to this like farm and she also invited like Julia and Alexia. I was kind of annoyed, like from a production standpoint, um, because they go to pick, like, there's like a sunflower patch or whatever. So they go to pick sunflowers, but there's all these bees around because bees are attracted to like sunflowers and stuff like that. We find out that Julia is like deathly allergic to bees. Like she's like, I've been in the hospital before, like three times, like swollen up and like purple and like. She also says that she doesn't have her EpiPen with her. Okay. But they just go about snipping these sunflowers and they're like, ah, bees! Ah, nah. Like, no, no, but that's like actually like serious. Like, why, why are we sending Julia out to do this? I, mm, okay. <laughs> I just, I, it, I, who, is Larsa running this production team? Bethany Frankel, get on a dangerous work environment. How dare they? Unionizing now. Like reality reckoning. <laughs> um oh my god. Would it, you know, I bet she she would do that and then lump in the the that dinner where Ramona accidentally fed her fish and she had the allergic reaction. Oh my god. <laughs> uh it's not safe. It's just not safe for women. <laughs> oh my god. I can't even with her. Um, Julia asked Nicole, like, how the baby journey is going, and, uh, basically, Nicole's at the point where, like, she took her ID out, and now she has to get blood work done for her next cycle, and then they'll test it to see if she has the viability to sort of go the natural route, or if then she has to do IVF. I love Nicole being like, I never thought I'd be so excited to have a period. (laughs) Yeah. Um, and I will say, I, I will say also, at this point on, um, and I was telling you about this. Alexia felt like genuinely invested in like Nicole's story. Mm-hmm. Like, and like throughout the rest of this, I found her like with also Julia as well 
to be like genuinely like invested in a, in like building a friendship, which I kind of appreciated because I don't always feel like Alexia. You could tell sometimes when with certain housewives where it's just like, I, I'm good at acting it, but like, I don't really like. She's really good at like insulating herself and like just being happy with her one or two people. Yeah. And she's been doing that with Marisol specifically. And to see her actually branch out and start to forge new relationships, it's it's really nice. And I, I really think that her and Julia could be very good friends. Um, the stuff that happens this episode is a little frustrating. Yeah. It gets in the way of that. We'll get to it because I think we we don't differ, but we have slightly different like slightly different looks at it. If that makes sense. Sure. We differ. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Sorry, I think a better word for it. Um, Lisa calls them uh, to invite them all to Palm Beach um, and uh, inv- invite them. Um, but Alexia is like, you got to promise me, like, let's not talk about Lenny on this trip. And Lisa's like, I'm over it. It's fine. Lisa's not over it. No. This is an episode I really understood, like, the women being like, yeah, she talk- she's talking about Lenny way too much. Like, it's like, and I, again, I understand. I get it because it's like taking over her life. Like, I, she can't even sleep without the man barging in and demanding shit from her. So, right. like, I get it. Um, and then Julia the jokes with Alexia. She's like, are you and I going to, like, share a room? And Alexia goes, I need to ask Todd for permission. And they high-five and, like, laugh about it. They're both laughing at this at this joke at this point. Uh-huh. Um, uh, we then go to Kiki, Marisol, and Gertie, and they're all, all going out to get drinks. I, I noted it to you. Fucking hell, Gertie is serving the looks. Yeah. Gertie is the most polished in the look department this season. Like, well, and then also we see her on Watch What Happens Live. Oh, with the Guardians of the Galaxy, like, well, but with the completely shaved head. She looks great shaved. She looks so good, bald. Oh my god. Yeah, God, God bless, because she can really turn it out. But like the hair here was like laid so perfectly, oh, yeah. and I actually really like the little tool. Not pinets, but they were like sort of like out, like out to the side of the, her hips or whatever, like the like with the black, but it was paired with like this like nudie like um tool. I don't remember what you're talking about, but okay, <laughs> it was great. I I loved it. I'll take your word for it. Um, it, it's not an episode of Miami if Kiki's not talking about sex, and so right. Kiki's like, I got it in last night, and Gertie goes, "Was it a quickie?" And Kiki goes, "No, it was very long." I was like, "Oh my god, I'm about to get a bladder infection in this bitch." <laughs> it's like that's the worst way to say that. There are better ways. Uh, um, Mar- Marisol talks about how she wasn't at the obviously Julia's event. She's like, I would have loved to see Julia, but you know, I had a medical procedure. Kiki goes, What was it? And Mar- Marisol goes, It's personal. <laughs> so she had nothing good. There was no medical procedure. Great. Like, that's settled. Hopefully, she was getting her head out of her ass. Yeah. The way Gertie transitions, though, really beautifully, she goes, Look, your medical matters are your medical matters, and my medical matters are my medical matters. So, Larsa, like, <laughs> let me drag this bitch. She goes, she needs to apologize full throttly. I'm not accepting if I hurt you or I was concerned about you. No, you need to fucking apologize to me. Yeah. And Gertie is like, it gets to the point where she gets really emotional about it. She's like, I went from basically being angry to being sad and disgusted. Like, and, and, it is such that's the added fuck you about this, which is just like this is a woman who has cancer right now. Right. From not just from a 
it's a fucked up thing to do your friend generally but like this woman's fighting a disease and like you're because marisol's like like similar to what like russell was saying is it's like you can't let this eat away at you you have to fight this like you that, that has to be your focus right like right mentally and so you're actually fucking with that larsa yeah so go fuck yourself uh she's the worst i'm sorry um, Alexia is taking Julia clothes shopping because she had mentioned at the flower patch that like, you know, I want to, you know, cause Julia's like, I lost a little bit of weight. I've been wanting to like get a new wardrobe and Alexia's like, maybe we'll get you some like more sexier, like skin, you know, showing things and stuff like that, which I actually thought looked really good on Julia. Yeah. She can pull, she can do a lot. I feel like she can pull off like more scantily things. And then also like something that's a little more classical and mm-hmm. like. Yeah, she's really not. I mean, not, not as many people like say it outwardly. I really think Julie's underratedly like one of the most gorgeous housewives yeah, yeah. right now. Definitely. Um, Julia says that you know I feel like things are positive with me and Alexia, and it feels like really genuine at this point. So I'm really loving like our building of this friendship. Julia then brings up again. I'm so excited to roommate with you, and Alexia goes, "Is it official?" You haven't spoken to Adriana. I haven't spoken to Marisol. And Julia goes, I don't see why they would be opposed to that. And I'm like, I, I, when, when Julia brings it up at the end of this episode and when Adriana's like, yeah, that's fine. That was confusing to me. I felt like Adriana and Marisol would definitely be pissed if they were rooming together based off of how they've acted this season. Sure. Probably. Like, like there's a jealousy. And so, to me, that would, like... I think that they would have had more issue if Julia was rooming with Marisol or if Alexia was rooming with Adriana. That's when the issue would be. Because they're kind of viewed as more the neutral part. Not neutral parties, because Adriana still hates Alexia and vice versa, I think. But, like, yeah. Right. I would say. Um and but uh alexia then just goes jokes again and goes i haven't asked todd for permission he'll probably you know and then later says like he'll probably like it i here's the thing at this point julia's eyebrows are raising she's like why does she have to ask todd like this seems weird well but that comment of i think he'll like it yeah that kind of pushed it a little bit that further. pushed it to the something's going to happen yeah i thought here's my thing i thought she was just calling back the joke from the flower patch I and, I think she was completely innocent in her in what she was saying, but I do think that Alexia has a habit of saying problematic things without realizing that they're problematic. Right. Um. She did it on girls' trips. She's done it countless times on Miami itself. So I mean, like I I get I get that. Um. But I also and so I see why Julia would be like that. I mean. They're dog whistles. Yeah. It's a, here's the thing. It is a joke that plays off of homophobia. Right. Because the idea of just simply being in a bed with someone who likes women right. doesn't mean that they are going to have sex with you. Right. Or try to have sex with you. Right. Like, it is, it is rooted in a certain level of homophobia. I do think it's one of those things where on the face, people who say those jokes don't think that. They don't... Th- like it's more it either either it's subconscious or they're just honestly not thinking about what that joke really means. I I think that at the thing is is that when you are part of the marginalized community that the dog whistles whistle to, you kind of have to just go. Mm, 
I'd like to give you the benefit of the doubt, but if I do and I'm wrong, then that's me in danger. Right. Totally. So at that point, it's like, no, I'm going to call you on it and risk ruining this relationship yeah. because otherwise I put myself in a dangerous situation. And I, I think Julia has a right to be upset. Right. And, and, and maybe, or not even upset, but like, like be like, what is this? Right. Like, I, I understand that. My thing is, I don't believe that Alexia thinks no, that way. I don't I think don't... so either. I just think that Julia has every right to question it and has every right to to be, like you said, like uh, upset about it, at least to a certain degree. Yeah. Like, yeah, of course you're going, that touches on something that she's dealt with for a long time. Yeah. So, of of course. Um, they all arrive at, uh, Jody's, uh, to then head out to Palm beach in, in cars. Um, Marisol's avoiding Adriana. She immediately like goes to the bathroom and makes the excuse of just like, what? I'm not going to hold my pee in the car, which fair. Cause Marisol pees all the time. Cause she right. drinks all the time. <laughs> um, Julia arriving in this, like, I didn't love this Julia look like with the, it was, it was like a black. It, it was a suit. touch too far. It was the, the, the pearls were weird. See, I the pearl can, necklaces was like, no. I understood where she was going, but I was not going to follow her there. Nicole says in her confessional, you're dressed like if Gone with the Wind and the Kentucky Derby had a baby. <laughs> I was getting uh, My Fair Lady from it. A little bit. You know, all I need really is one of those cigarette holders and a fascinator instead of the big floppy hat and we're good. Yeah. Like, I agree. Um, they all head out into the cars. Uh, Wait, no, maybe I'm thinking breakfast at Tiffany's. Either way, it's Audrey Hepburn. Sure. I, yeah, yeah. It's yeah. very Audrey Hepburn. Um, they, they're in the cars. The, the dynamic of them going in, but bouncing in between the cars was the funniest thing to me. We'll get, we'll get to why, but it was <laughs> like, great. Drastically different vibes in these three cars. Alexia is like, Wait, so like who, because they're in a Rolls, Lisa's driving in a Rolls Royce. She goes, who's, Alexia's like, whose Rolls Royce is that? And Larsa goes, I think it's Jody's. They cut over to the other car and no, it's, it's Lenny's. <laughs> like, of course it is. And then I love uh, Marisol going in her confessional. We're in Lenny's car. Who has a blue light? There's Russian splooge in here. What is she? Russian? She's Austrian. Austrian splooge. And I was like. Marisol, calm down. We know Lenny can't get her wet. Like, but also, we, like, wouldn't it be his splooge? But we, I, I don't know if you know much about women, but I I know that squirting is a thing. But Lenny's not do. Lenny's not getting her there. No, I know that. But also, like, that's not called splooge. What's the technical term for splooge? What's the uh, medical definition? Semen. Well, sure. Like, that's not, it's just, no. <laughs> These it's are not the conversations the we have on a gay and it's envy. Like, what's the technical definition of splooch? It's not, it's not the same substance. Oh, God. Um, Lisa then tells Marisol about, like, the incident. However, it will still show up on a black light. There you go, yeah. Uh, Lisa tells Marisol about the incident with the police because Marisol wasn't at the event. But then Marisol talks about it in the confessional, and then we find out that Lenny basically filed a lawsuit saying that Lisa was the one who was the aggressor. And then basically, like, they were they were called, police were called, and there was insufficient probable clause to arrest either of them. So it's kind of up in the air in that regard. Again, yeah. I believe Lisa because Lenny's a fucking liar. Like, I just like, so if this is Lenny's car, is this the situation that he's talking about when he sued her for the, the tracking device? No, because that was before this, because that had to be, because the headline came out at the party at the fuck cancer party. 
Oh, that yeah. Was, okay. That was before this. So it. So he loaned her a car again. That's, well, she says that it's her car, but it's under his. But name. it's under his name. Yeah. Ugh, whatever. Whatever. <laughs> um, and then we cut like they're having this conversation. They cut over to the car with Larsa and Julia and Alexia. And Larsa is Larsa is like, Julia can't stop singing opera like you were there. I was like, oh, like Larsa doing her impression. <laughs> and then so it the, so we cut we have then now. Because then we're in the car with Kiki and Nicole and Adriana, and they Kiki pulls up Adriana's uh, song "Fire" from last season, the the sing in the car. Mm-hmm. So it's literally just going from Miami's hot, 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 and they're all singing, and then cut to Lars going ah! like she's fucking the Swedish chef or whatever, and just <laughs> like like belting, and then cut to the other car like yeah, Lenny's just like really awful, and like. <laughs> It's so great. So chaotic. Lisa is like, can I talk about Jody for a second? And Marisol goes, are we talking about Jody's pee-pee? And I love Lisa going, oh, it's so nice. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, yeah, I, I believe it. Marisol then goes, okay, so, but, like, what are we going to do to preserve this? Meaning this relationship. And Lisa's like, I mean, he's pretty patient, I have to say. Marisol goes, yeah, but people lose their patience. He's okay now, but one day he's gonna, he's gonna get tired. And I fully agree with Marisol and Gertie. Like, I think like th- this is advice that Lisa needs to hear. I don't think they, I don't think they did in the best way. Right. I think because because Marisol and Gertie both like love to like sort of just like like their natural conversation voice is kind of like piling a little bit. Yeah. So it can feel like a pile on. But I mean, this is the same advice that Heather DeBro gave to Gina. Right. About complaining about her ex-husband and all of the trauma that, you know, comes, came from that. So it's like, yeah, you, you, at certain point you have to go deal with that somewhere else. Yeah. Because you, you don't need to be dumping all of that onto such a new relationship. Right. She needs to be in therapy. Uh-huh. <laughs> Marisol is like, look, he wants it to be about him too. And Gertie's like, you know, I feel like... Jody and Russell are very similar, so I also have to check myself sometimes in terms of that. And then Lisa just goes, this is very negative. And Marisol goes, no, you have to, like, take it as a positive. And Lisa just goes, no. (laughs) 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 Just kind of said, no, I'm not going to do that. (laughs) Um, They arrive in Palm Beach. Um, Again, another another amazing house. Like, this was a week of great houses. Oh, yeah. Um, Adriana, uh, descri- talks about like Palm beach being old money versus like the new money of Miami. Um, uh, she makes the, the, the comment about silent luxury again. Uh, all, she also like talks about being understated and then cut to this house. <laughs> it really it's wasn't. like not at all understated. Oh God. Um, I just want any money. <laughs> I don't care if it's old or new. Just like, please. Right. <laughs> um, they all rush for rooms to, to pick, but Julia's like, I'm not going to rush. And then she, because of information I got, because she reveals that in the car right over, Alexia was like, she, Julia brought up the whole roommate thing again. And Alexia's like, yeah, I think I decided I'm going to room with Marisol, which I guess is a little shitty. But, you know, I think I wasn't expecting them to room together at the end of the day. No, but see, but you can understand why, even though Alexia was not meaning for it to, one plus one plus one equals three. Yeah. 
No, I, yeah. So, I, I mean. Can I say, I also, I love the shady editors when, uh, uh, Julia was bringing this up to Adriana about like the whole, like, does she think like, I'm going to like, it's going to be, uh, you know, not okay in a sexual sense. And they cut to Alexia and Marisol in their room and Alexia be like, are you not wearing underwear? And like, why are your legs spread open? It's like, so it's fine when like, it's two straight people. Right. But like, and again, I don't think Alexia genuinely believes like I can't be in, in a room with a lesbian. But like, I don't think that she thinks that in the front side of her brain. But I think the back side of her brain is go would not be comfortable changing in front of Julia. Yeah, she's telling Adriana about this in the room, and and Adriana <laughs> says her confessional. Look, like I've stripped in front of Julia like a million times. She's never done anything, and I'm like, okay, but you guys' relationship was weird the first season. We had, yeah. we were questioning like, why are you guys so lovey when like she's married yeah i'm not saying that i'm not saying that like julia would cheat on martina i don't know that but it was like yeah but you you at that point you have to un- understand that your relationship is not typical and there is a reason to question yeah that's the thing um but julia is like now we're like i don't know about like this friendship with alexi i'm starting to really question it and sort of like don't know if i need to should pursue it further and so so i think she has a right to feel that way i just hope that they have a productive conversation which i feel like they're not (laughs) it's housewives most conversations are not productive because i think i think i mean maybe alexia has changed because i feel like she has grown a lot this season we talked about it yeah but like i think alexia particularly doesn't take well to people coming at her and saying you're saying something bigoted or something that's like offensive i don't know like People were able to check her on Girls Trip, and she, she like... What did she say on Girls Trip? I forgot. There was a couple different things, but there was, like... Was it... But it, it wasn't, like, she had done something, and then, like, Giselle had said something about speaking English to them. Oh, right, right, and, right. And, like, right. there was, like, some weird... There was several things that happened on that Girls Trip. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um... I just remember the Russian prostitute thing from last season, Miami. And to me, that was more egregious. Yeah, no, that was definitely the most egregious. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, hopefully it'll be nice, but I don't, I, I I don't hold my hopes up. It depends on how, on, on how, um, Julia breaches the subject. Right. And it, that will greatly depend on, who has recently pissed her off. Yep. <laughs> Indeed. <laughs> Don't do it around Marisol. Cause uh, at all. That won't be good. Um, yeah, that was Miami for this week. Loving it. Loving Miami. Always consistently really good stuff. All right, let's get into these tops and bottoms. We've got Potomac. We've got Salt Lake. We've got Beverly Hills. And we've got Miami. What you thinking, babe? Uh, I'll start with my bottom. Uh, I am going to give my bottom to Giselle over on Potomac. I th- uh, I, this episode, it was really sort of her biggest sort of like just standing in all of her bullshit and just sort of like not understand, like never not being fully held accountable for it in certain ways in yeah. certain ways like i think candace tried i think karen tried but it just wasn't and and the stalwarting is not something i want to see it doesn't move anything along it does like she thinks that she can just ice somebody out and just like not address anything and not actually have because it's like 
it's not even it's created a thing where now they can't even debate the thing about like Candace versus Giselle or whatever because it's just like well I'm not talking to her fuck off well like, and even if you did you'd have truly original like backing her up sure that that's in worst case scenario but like I I just think like there's certain things when you sign a contract to be on a housewife show that you mm-hmm. need to do and Giselle is not doing them and that's really fucking frustrating um my top for this week. I'm going to give it to Gertie over on Miami because I mm-hmm. actually really, like I said before, I think Gertie exponentially killed it with this argument with Larsa. Yes. And and it's, it would have been very easy, but she just went above and beyond. I think she was so clear-headed. She was so focused and pinpointed, pinpoint accurate on everything that she took to Larsa. And, like, I really was impressed by her at the end of the day. Like, she really has... You know, been a. I think she was not. I wouldn't say she was a background player in past seasons, but she wasn't necessarily the most focal right. in terms of arguments and stuff like that. And I'm glad to see that now that she is, like, she can hold her own. Right. I re- I really really love that. Um, what about you, Bay? What are your tops and bottoms of the week? Um, so my bottom is going to be all the girls on Salt Lake minus Meredith and <laughs> mostly Monica. Yeah. <laughs> because that's just rude. Like, it just, it's not even just rude. It's mean and, like, hurtful and, like, actively antagonistic to, like, ignore the fact that your friend is sick. Yeah. To actively, like, try to get in the way of her being able to enjoy this trip. Like, sure, is the bathtub thing petty? Yeah. Who really gives a fuck about a bathtub? Meredith Marks does. And it was so easy for someone to just switch rooms with her. Right. So easy. And it would never have changed one iota of your trip other than it would have made Meredith happy. Why do y'all hate her so much? I would love to know. To do something so simple is just outside of the realm of possibility for you. I don't get it. I will never understand like that level of just inconsideration. Yeah. Um, it just it it was it felt so mean girl mean spirited bullshit like that sort of pettiness and that sort of like um it, it really is just mean girl behavior is like something that really like presses a button for me yeah and i just wanted to jump through the screen it's like it's scream in my face all day but like this isolationist bullshit cutting people out making them feel like they're worthless that's not okay yeah um my top for the week is going to go to sutton unsurprisingly (laughs) um because i think she did a really good job taking it to kyle yeah you know was she hitting below the belt yes but she was hitting below the belt because kyle had constantly been hitting below the belt she did not let kyle get away with anything she held her feet to the fire in every instance i i just I don't see how anybody can see it a different direction. I mean, maybe maybe I'm blinded by being a slutton for Sutton. I was worried about that too, but I don't think that's the case. But I don't think that's the case. I think it's objective, like objectively looking at it. I, I don't see another way to see it unless you are blindly following Kyle. I just, I don't understand. So, I mean, and, and Sutton's always been a, somebody who takes it to someone. Um, and is unafraid to do that. And I'm just glad that she is continuing down that road this season. And the fact that we are finally, finally, finally going to get someone to challenge Kyle. And maybe, 
maybe actually hold her accountable for her massive pile of bullshit. Hey, thanks for tuning into this episode of A Gay and His Envy. Join us next time for more of our recaps and hot takes. And be sure to subscribe and leave a review wherever you are listening. And check us out on our social media at A Gay and His Envy on all the platforms. A special shout out to Shane Ivers who wrote Pulsar, the song we use for our theme. I'm Eamon. I'm Merlin. And, and we're, we're out. out. This show is a member of the Sorgatron Media Podcast Network. Find out more at sorgatronmedia.com.